and welcome back to another installment of The Conspiracy Skeptic. I'm your Conspiracy Skeptic, Carl Mamer, and with me is, I, I can use your name, right, Michael? Yeah, yeah, Mike. Michael. Yeah, how, so how do I pronounce your last name? Michael? Bowler. Michael Bowler, okay. Bowler, right. Bowler like, bo- like bowling ball. Okay, like cool. And, and we were on the, uh, uh, we, we were on... Parrot, aka Dumbass, we were on his podcast together, in right. Invisible Sky Monster. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Par- Parrot has sort of an int- <laughs> Parrot, who he was, a, he was a guest on Conspiracy Skeptic. Uh, uh, he also goes by the name Germ. He did uh, did the Ancient Aliens uh, con- conspiracy. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, so it's all you know. It's all very incestuous, isn't it? The uh, you know, I have you on my podcast. He's on. I'm on his podcast, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah, I, you know, I got turned on to his program. I think probably from your 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 uh, program, okay. and uh, and actually, I want to I want to say maybe one of my earliest uh, forays into the into the the weird 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 world the weird world we live in was the the ancient alien stuff, and right, uh, right. so I'm going okay, you know, and I'm listening to him going. Okay, yeah, I, I was right, you know, type of thing. And right, yeah. All right, so yeah, so we're on the Invisible Sky Monster podcast, which is sort of a, one one of the podcasts that uh, that uh, Parrot does. And and one of his, his interesting ideas is uh, he, he he tries to have two people on who kind of don't really know each other. He's he's, he's a bit of like a matchmaker kind of a ah. yeah. It's a little he's a little introduction service for uh, con- conspiracy people. He, he, he yeah yeah. Well, so that's how I, yeah because he was he I, I think on his yeah, on the uh, his dumbass guy the knowledge he was asking for obscure bloggers and stuff like that and then that's where I you know I wrote to him I started contacting him and uh, oh, okay. and I'm and I'm also was kind of sh- uh, actually I'm supposed to be working on a little project I, it was more for my interest uh, on building pyramids uh, uh, I work in construction electrical engineering and uh, actually just you know I'm fascinated how things get put together. I mean, watching, I mean, I work in a lot of oil refineries and okay. seeing how all that comes together and the organization, the materials, how they put these things together. I mean, it's just so neat how it comes together. And like watching the ancient alien programs, they're talking like, well, these aliens helped them. They gave them uh, certain ray guns and, you know, laser beams and they do all that stuff. And I'm like, you know what? I mean, seeing what humans now do mm-hmm. to put things together, it's not much different than what the ancients did. Right, right. And, and they're they're like it's almost seemed like it's an insult that humans are incapable. You know, we're, that ancient these ancient people were too primitive, too you know, not sophisticated enough to figure out how to move a block of rock from point A to point B, lift it to point C, and exactly type of thing. Yeah. It's like, I personally don't know how that was done, and I personally would not do that. Therefore, it had to be space aliens. You know, that's sort of the, the line of logic. Right, right. And then then they will find an expert saying that, you know, we, you know, you know it's impossible to move these rocks, but we don't have a, today, we don't have a reason to move these big rocks. We, we'll, we got tools now that we can slice us you know, do a, you know, we can slice a, a thin slice of granite or whatever, and then we paste it to the side of the building. We don't have to cut 
you know, 10-ton blocks and then throw them on a sledge and you, you drag them along, get a couple hundred people to pull it, you know. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It's sort of it's it, it, and as well, it's kind of like you know, you know, we we would solve a problem with a certain amount of technology, but you know, stripped of that technology, you know, people will people will find a way to do it, right? Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah like uh, well, see, like I like where I live. I'm, I'm in the southwest side of Chicago, and I'm in the uh, I&M Canal uh, Heritage Corridor. Okay. And you know the Ionem Canal was built in like 1830s type of thing, and they didn't have steam shovels or anything like that. And these people went went in there and dug through limestone, uh, came up. I mean, they had concrete, so they were able to build a few things. But uh, they didn't have and even today's technology. You know, they didn't have it, and they still accomplished this. You know, this canal to, to link Lake Michigan to the Mississippi River, you know, because they wanted to do it. And they, it was, a, you know, it was a, a commercial need to do this and stuff like that. And Exactly. We, they got it done, you know. Yeah. It's, it was all by Polish, uh, you know, uh, ditch diggers. I mean, basically did it. I mean, that's the, that's the, uh, the people who, you know, they, they brought them in, gave them a hand on the shovel and started digging. And they... Doug uh, was about, I think it's about 100 miles of canal. Wow. Like that. So it's, it's pretty impressive. Right. Well, like the, the Panama Canal, right? I mean, that was sort of, that was done uh, without a lot of technology, right? Um, well, they, they did have the steam shovel, but they were fighting the jungles. I mean, they, yeah. were, they were dealing with yellow fevers. Right. It was their worst, uh, the worst uh, part. Plus, they had to build dams because it was a, uh, they had the, well, they did build the lock system to create was that Gantoon Lake? It's kind of like in the center of uh, Panama to, f- to, f- to feed the, the canal system, but it's still it's all in it's still kind of actually all gravity gravity fed water. I think there may be some, a few pumps to fill the wow. lake, but, and and then the, then some of the I think they had steam engines. And they probably I think they used steam engines early on to pull the ships through the canal. Okay, so it, still you know it's still. I mean, it's not like today where, um, you know, with the modern explosives, they didn't have the, oh, was it, well, yeah, I think it was TNT came around. Right, right. You know, and stuff like that, and even some of the more modern, uh, like ammonium nitrate and that type of stuff. I think that was even later, probably right around that time, I think the Germans had figured that that one out. Um, but it's but just doing it, just getting that, you know, digging digging through the Panama Canal, trying to deal with the uh, the disease that they were dealing with and, uh, you know, uh, moving, getting people there, here and there, you know, I mean, trying to, you know, everything was steamships. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't like you can hop on a 747, fly down there and right, right. get right to work. Wow. Right. And uh, let's see. So uh, I, I guess your, your your claim to fame is you, you do a you, you do a conspiracy blog, right? Right. 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 And, and you're kind of a uh, you're sort of a Alex Jones anti fan, like like I am. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I look. I, I've been I've been looking at conspiracy. I mean, conspiracies for I want to say since the eighties, late eighties. Mostly because they're funny. I mean, right? Uh, yes, yes. There is a certain amusing level yeah. to them. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're pretty funny, and you know, I kind of, I'm kind of envious actually. Uh, I I wish I had the imagination these people have. 
<laughs> I really do. Because the stuff that they come up with, you know, and uh, the linkages and, you know, uh, oh, it's just, it's just incredible. I mean, there's, it just, it, it boggles my mind and, and it, it in a way, it, it would make sense, except, well, you, you get, they got a problem here, you know, you, this, this thing didn't happen, you know, or, and then, you know, starting with that and uh, kind of exploring, it's like one of my, my, one of my favorites is the, the Pearl Harbor, uh, conspiracies around Pearl Harbor. Okay. okay. And uh, early, I mean, and I actually, I actually think, now I'm, I'm not 100% on this, but uh, I think I know how, all this, this this modern new world order stuff came to, into being. Actually, it actually I think, or at least in the United States, I don't know how, what Europe and was doing on this front, but uh, it's actually um, uh, early on in the uh, uh, Roosevelt uh, administration, or when he was getting elected, uh, there were uh, three guys that actually supported. Uh, the uh, Roosevelt uh, election. Uh, Henry Ford. Now there was this Father Charles Coughlin, and he was he had a he was a Catholic uh, priest in in Detroit, Michigan. Actually, out, outside of Detroit, Michigan. And uh, then there and John T. Flynn. He was a he was a journalist. He was like an economics uh, uh, writer for. He used to oh, don't remember where he got his start, but he ended up in Chicago with the like the Chicago uh, Tribune, and I mean all these guys supported uh, Roosevelt in his election, but uh, now Ford was kind of a lesser character, because, but he had uh, he was very anti-Semitic, okay, and he and he and he he had uh, his own newspaper the. Uh, 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 the Detroit Free Press, I think it was, or was it the Dearborn Free Press? I think it might have, might have been the the Deer, yeah, might have been the Dearborn. Dearborn. Ford, Ford is big in, or as we say, Minsa or Fords, is right. uh, yeah, it's big in Dearborn, right? So yeah, I think it was the Dearborn. Right. So, uh, and he would write a lot of uh, uh, the Jewish, uh, the uh, uh, protocols of the learned elders of Zion type right, right. stuff that published that in the. Uh, the, right, the paper. Okay, S- serialize it. Right, pretty much. And uh, I mean, so he wasn't. He 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 kind of he's kind of stirring the pot a little bit there. But then you go up to uh, Father Coglin. Now, I've I can't confirm. Uh, I can't really confirm this, but this is through web web pages okay. and people making. I, I don't know if they were just making assumptions or what, but Coughlin was very pro Roosevelt until he got elected and was expecting a cabinet post, but got turned down. So he turns around and and started. He started. He was kind of almost like uh, today's like modern evangelists. He had a uh, he had an amusement park. Uh, he did a radio program. It's like a, it was a weekly program and. Was very uh, anti-socialist, anti-communist, and very anti-Roosevelt. Okay. And again, this is kind of a lesser, but this was kind of uh, 
kind of a uh, kind of like a background because Flynn really John Flynn really took it to a to a new level. Now, that, now Flynn had been again same, actually the same situation. He had been very pro Roosevelt. Tried to and worked on his campaign. Actually wrote a lot of you know uh, articles in support of his the New Deal. Of course, he didn't at the time didn't realize what the New Deal was going to be all about. And okay. he, 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 apparently, and it turned out there was you know all the socialist programs and all and on top of it. Again, I think he was looking for a cabinet post as a, uh, like I think he was trying to get in as a speechwriter for Roosevelt and got passed by. Now, this would, now again, this, I'm not 100% supported, but it does, uh, it, I do have some biographies. There's a couple biographies out on him that kind of relates to that. But, um, uh, so he actually undertook a, a very, uh, virulent campaign against Roosevelt during the uh the New Deal you know, the New Deal portion and then actually joined the uh then he eventually joined up with the America First uh, anti war movement. Okay. And um, when the when Pearl Harbor happened, of course he had to shut up. I mean he 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 basically had to okay. Now but he was very critical of uh, a lot of a lot of the war uh, programs, uh, mostly in the. Uh, I know that I, I actually studied pretty heavily into the uh, uh, rationing in the United States. Okay, right. And uh, he was very critical of Leon Henderson, who was the administ the, 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 the I think he was like the second administrator of the uh, OPA and the uh, the other. I guess it was, there was a point where everything got kind of pulled together because um, just a little background. Uh, when the war started, no one had any plan of how to deal work deal with war materials. Uh, different departments had different jurisdictions. No one was everyone was working against each other. Um, uh, that sounds familiar. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I mean a lot of the steel drives actually. I mean. It, it, it was kind of neat where everyone everyone said, okay, you know, with, you know, for the war effort, turn in your steel, turn in your aluminum, turn in everything. Well, they they had no system to use it. <laughs> okay. So uh, and the yeah, all the steel was piling up. Uh, no real organization, and eventually the uh, various couple departments came into being. I forget. I know OPA was one that was to, uh, and they started rationing sugar and some other things. Uh, there was a, a gas rationing uh, department and a, let's see. And then, o o OPA, that was the Office of Public Administration? Uh, this was, was uh, uh, price, the Office of Price Administration. Oh, okay. it, was like, it was It was supposed to, uh, for, well, to create a, a rationing system where you couldn't hoard, you, okay. you know, and and then also try to fix prices so you're, you know, short, you know, you're short on commodities, prices are going to go up. Well, they kind of they started setting limits and okay. regulations, and eventually that would uh, get uh, congealed together. But um, Flynn was very uh, critical of it because of, and it, again, it's like a. 
And I started noticing, I call it conspiracy math, okay. where they they like to, you know, they'll give you like a, you know, because uh, uh, the situation was uh, hogs were being, you know, the hogs were being sold, get sold to the butcher, and the butcher then sell, sells it to consumer. Well, he, what, there was, uh, of course, the, they were, they needed hog fat for uh, uh, to make glycerin to make uh, weapons and stuff, and the system was set up where, I mean, the the butcher could shave off whatever fat he can and then ship it out, but he, a lot of the fat ended up in the homes where, um, where then the people could have would have to collect it up and then take it over to your. Uh, to uh, to a, uh, a recycling spot or a, re- a rendering plant, and then okay. sell sell the fat. And there was kind of a, uh, I guess, again, I I'm trying to figure out the math on this, but he would they were saying it would be cheaper to take all the fat off the hog at the butcher, send it to the rendering plant, just send the meat to the uh, to the, uh, and then let them sell the meat to the you know, consumer, and then, then there would be no none of the secondary stuff. And I've been trying to do the math on that one, and it, it just doesn't work. You know, plus, because uh, he, uh, I believe Germany was ra- actually rationing the fats, butter, and stuff like that. So it was, uh, you know, so apparently when you bought it, if you bought a, I mean, I don't know if, if they bought bacon, and uh, I don't know what, what Germans like to eat or whatever, how they buy things, but you had to, you had, might, you might have had to use a, a, a fat ration and a, uh, a, a meat ration to, to buy your, your half pound of, uh, bacon or whatever you're gonna get. It's kinda like little dealer meal cards they had back then. Right, right, yeah. right. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so he was very critical of that, and then, uh, uh, but again, he was very, uh, and then he was, but he was, you know, but and he was working very close with a, a number of senators and that in uh, Mrs. Flynn working very closely with uh, various senators in Congress, and he came to find out about the uh, uh, that we had broke uh, the diplomatic codes before the war, mm-hmm. the, the, the purple Japanese, magic, Japanese. yes, yeah. Japanese codes, and. Um, he had been working with he he been he's actually he was actually promoting uh uh, uh, uh Dewey uh, yeah Dewey for a president and what, and actually he was the one who gave uh, Dewey the the clue in on that there was a we had broken these codes and we had been listening to the the embassy in Washington De- Dewey defeats Truman the, right. that guy of that yeah. fame yeah that fame yeah. And, um, and this was in, this was in '44, and uh, the new the next election was coming up, uh, and in a kind of a strange uh, in a strange way, Dewey didn't want to use that. He, he felt that since we because purple was still being used to talk to Berlin, so he didn't want to upset. You know, if he started saying that U.S. had cracked the 
diplomatic codes, well, then we would lose the communications between Tokyo and uh, Berlin. Mm-hmm. So we kept his mouth shut. I think that kind of that pushed Flynn a little further. So he started talking to, um, there was two guys, uh, Charles Baird and, I forget the guy's first name, but it's Chamberlain. These were two historians. Not, 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 Neville, not Neville Chamberlain. No, 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 no. Okay. I, I got his book here somewhere. but uh, And uh, started talking to him about the possibility that Washington knew Japan was going to attack and let it happen. Okay. And he'd also... And, Flynn had also talked to Ezra Pound after the war when he uh, um, when he came when they brought him back uh, they now they they had him locked up in a uh, was a, san, a sanitarium okay and they were he was under uh, under uh, medical care and Flynn had talked talked to Pound. And uh, Pound then got his one of his protégés, this Eustace Mullins, uh, who would end up becoming like this. He's like this super. He, he's like um, anti, you know, the anti-Zionist. He's the he's he, he actually he's one of the uh, Holocaust deniers. Okay, but he got he did an article on the Federal Reserve. Couldn't get it published, and all of a sudden he became this, you know. But Flynn had his fingers in, uh, yeah, because uh, Chamberlain and Baird and Chamberlain had wrote a whole number of books claiming that, you know, Roosevelt knew he knew that the attack was coming. Um, so other writers had uh, glommed off that, um, yeah, the. Mullins had he had he a lot of his writings is the basis for um, there's a this Gary Allen who wrote a, a none dare call a conspiracy it yeah, has to yeah. do with the, it has to do with yeah the Bilderbergers and all those guys um, a, a seminal work yes yes I've got a copy here yeah uh, let's see um, he, oh some well and pretty much you need oh there's that Myron Fagan guy. I don't know okay. if you ever heard. No, if, you ever, if you haven't heard of him, it, actually, the only thing I can find, well, the only two things I can find on him was there's there's some MP3s out of his, of a uh, a record he made. It was like it was like a three record uh, six side, and it was all it's all pretty much what you you'll read in uh, in none dare call it conspiracy. So so I've got copies if you want them, but if not, uh, just read none dare call it conspiracy, and you'll get the same gist of what. Uh-huh. What Fagan was going through, but Fagan also was in heavily involved okay. in the in the anti-communist movement and had gave an inf- had turned uh, information over to McCarthy. So uh, mainly because he felt that the the Jewish uh, influence in Hollywood was communist related. So so and basically, it really seems like it all stems from Mister. To me, it sounds like it stems a lot from uh, Mr. Flynn, who I think he kind of, I think, well, what would be a good, 
ah, good term. You know, like he, he took a dump in the room and then walked away. <laughs> let everyone figure out what was going on. <laughs> I mean, that's... that's most, most conspiracies bad is pretty much what... Someone just takes a big dump in a room and then just... They, they wander away from it and then, right, yeah. Okay. And then the flies come along and as the conspiracy skeptics, you spend time trying to swat away the flies. Don't right. <laughs> yes. That's, yes. Yeah. You're like, I don't think I really want to deal with the... With the with the big pile of excrement, but <laughs> I'll swat yeah. the flies. Yeah, <laughs> that the, that is a metaphor that is ripe. Yeah, the symbolism. Uh, right to the point. <laughs> Got to be to the point on these with this stuff. <laughs> oh man! So um, I guess. Uh, we got off track really quickly right out of the gate, but um, <laughs> but but what I wanted what, what I wanted to talk, to talk about is uh, uh, I, I I I'm definitely gonna have you back on later. We're gonna talk about the uh, uh, you know the whole Pearl Harbor c- conspiracy because that's that's quite, that's quite an interesting one. I mean, it has so many parallels with uh, with nine eleven, right? The, yeah. I mean, it's just they, they've kind of lifted that yeah. playbook from. But uh, but this is kind of like you know. New Year's. I've never, I've never done this before. A kind of, you know, a uh, a uh, you know, a year of conspiracy in review and and looking forward to what you know, what conspiracies we can look forward to in in 2012. But uh, uh, yeah, so uh, I, I, and you know, and uh, you know, you're 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 sort of an Alex Jones guy, and uh, uh, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna make a prediction. I'm gonna say in 2012. Alex Jones is going to predict uh, that uh, we are mere mere steps away from uh, be- becoming a, uh, a, a, a a communist totalitarian dictatorship. True or false? Um, I'm going to say true and false. Okay. <laughs> true. He's he's every every year. Every, actually, I say every month. <laughs> He makes the prediction that, you know, if this law passes, we're going to be, you know, we're going to be, uh, what, what, what does he call it? Uh, oh, he called, uh, it's like the oh, prison state. Uh, not Prison uh, planet. Prison planet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, uh, we're getting closer to the, uh, oh, the elite taking over, blah, right. you know, that type of thing. Yeah. Uh, and it doesn't. He doesn't really. He doesn't really uh, spell out like con- any type of government. It's like the elites. Mm-hmm. Okay, and um, of course, uh, trying to what he means by the elites. You know, it's like uh, who who are they? You know, it's a moving target. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, I've tried to figure out. You know, because he, he seems to point to like Henry Kissinger. He's used him. Uh, he's used Nixon. He's used uh, Rockefellers, Rockefellers, uh, Rothschilds. You know that whole that whole, you know the stand the standard, uh, right? The standard stuff. But um, yeah, it, it's it's like the, uh, you know, the principal actors have not changed since, you know, the 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 sixties and the seventies. Like no one ever is like talking about you know, well, you know, the Gateses and the and the uh, and the Jobs and the you, you know. People today, it's it's it, we're still going back to like these people from yeah uh, the seventies, yeah the sixties, seventies Rockefeller. I mean, 
uh, Rockefeller, Rothschilds. So, I mean, I mean the, the Myron Fagan. I think he did his stuff in the fifties, and he's it's the same. Uh, the Rothschilds, the uh, was yeah, Rothschilds, uh, all the Schiffs, the Morgans, the you know, pretty much, pretty much you know the the, the evil people, you know, the, these or I should say alleged evil people, you know, these evil corporate corporation owners and stuff like that. So, you know, it was I. I mean, it's not quite true anymore, but I remember it was like in the seventies. Uh, I forget. I forgot who said it, but it was. It was, it was the, so, someone noted that, like you know, European intellectuals were always kind of, you know, warning that you know, America was about, you know, was steps away from falling into to, to, to totalitarianism, and, and at the same time, sort of ignoring that, you know, that it, it, it had never happened, and yet, you know, the very countries these European intellectuals were in were the very countries that were falling into totalitarianism, like you know, Spain or Greece or, or you, know, uh, you know, you know, even France for a while during, um, you know, the, the Algerian crisis. You know, and it's like, yeah, you know, everyone always seems to sort of predict that, oh, America. You know, you know, this has been. This isn't just Alex Jones crazy. This is something. You know, let's say even you know, European intellectuals were always sort of, you know, you know, warning about. But now it's like, oh, you know, we're, we're real soon now. Yeah, uh, I'm trying to remember if some of because I I vaguely remember stuff like that. Uh, there was, and I don't know if it's if it was like uh, was that was that like. Like trying to support the European Union stuff. I'm wondering. I vaguely remember stuff like that because there was like a there was a writer because there was apparently there's an article. I'm not sure about how uh, how North America should be redivided, um, <laughs> where you know that it shouldn't be by you know. You know, there shouldn't be a Canada, United States, Mexico. Right, right. It it should be like Pacific Northwest. It should be Cascadia, South, right? And I wonder if that was. I wonder if that came out of Europe. I, I mean, I can I can remember because they had a map. And of course, you know, the Alex Jones crowd looks at it as as the master plan for you know the redesign of society. You know, right? Yeah. So yeah. we can. Yep. I was gonna say, yeah. The, I mean, probably Jones is that he, uh, and a lot of people conspiracy. Like, I mean, there are think tanks and and you know people writing, you know, you know, for international relations journals. I mean, you know, people do have these ideas. Like, you know, well, we should have a North American currency. You know, we should bust down the borders. We should do this. We should do that. And right. people write these kind. You know, sometimes it's just you know intellectual masturbation and 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 that's it, right? And, yeah. And, you know, and so but Jones kind of takes it like in many other conspiracies, you know, that if somebody wrote it, you know, that therefore it's a plan and people are are gonna right. you know make it happen. It's like, right. Well, no. If I could sort of late labor the point that uh, um, you know, like it's probably back in the eighties or nineties that you know, oh, Canada had discovered America had a plan for invading Canada, and, and you know, and as if it was like, so therefore they're going to do it. And it's like, well, a, you know, I mean, it's always nice to have a plan. You know, some the, the, someone's going to want to have a plan. Like, there's some colonel in some office in the Pentagon that has to justify his job, so he's going to be like, 
we just better have a plan to invade Canada, you know, yeah. because who knows, right? Yeah. Well, actually, yeah, that, that that when I looked into looked into the war planning, because that, that, that's another part of this. Uh, some of some of the conspiracy de- deals with this, but uh, see, the, the the plan was actually put together in case Britain fell fell during Second World War. Mm-hmm. What would what would happen to Canada? And we might have had to invade Canada to keep it from falling into German hands, you know. Right, and, right, yeah. So you got to have, you know. You know, and of course, this is all speculation because, uh, you know, okay, okay, the Germans would have to cross the Atlantic Ocean. Would they make it? Type of thing. You know, so there, there was, you know, but having, you know, because uh, I don't know, and it may have been more insulting because I think the Canadian plan was not done by the higher levels. It was actually done in uh, <laughs> as a as as like a thesis for uh, someone in uh, at West Point. Right, right. Yeah. I think I, I I do think that because uh, a lot of the lesser plans, because they were they were hundred and they, they, well I, I call them the color coded plans. Uh, I mean, orange was uh, Japan, black was Germany's, and those, those uh, red was uh, red was uh, England. They actually had a plan in case they had to we had to invade England or right. went to war with England. Uh, those were high, you know, higher level. But then some of the lower level ones, like there was a, there was a plan for Cuba, there was a plan for a lot of Central America. Um, they all had these different colors assigned to them. Canada, I think, it was crimson. I think. <laughs> and is that good or bad? I don't know. I don't know if it's or that shade of a shade of red. You know, uh, England was red, and you know. But anyhow. You know, so they had, they had plans to deal with whatever problems, and uh, you know the lesser plans, I guess, were d- and it seems like they were done in uh, yeah, as a West Point thesis. You know, uh, what, what what to do is a thing. So, uh, and you know what, I'm sure. I mean, I'm I wouldn't be surprised that Canada doesn't have a plan to invade the United States. You know, I mean, <laughs> there, there's you know. You never know. We, we may all go nuts over over here, and you're going to have to deal with us. You know? <laughs> well, yeah, you know, like, well, you secure certain border areas to prevent the flood of refugees, right? It's like, oh no, you know, Rick Santorum has won the presidency, and <laughs> everyone's <laughs> in the north. <laughs> all these hipsters are going to come <laughs> rushing north, and it's going like, no. <laughs> Gotta yeah. save Vancouver. Yeah. Well, I think it was. Um, you know, it was during the the Vietnam War that uh, uh, you know the Canada's population. I mean, when you plot like you know big jumps in the population growth in Canada, it was one of the big jumps was during the Vietnam War that a lot of draft dodgers came to Canada, and and it and it resulted in a big. I mean, who uh, what was his name? You know, the guy who did uh, um, neuro, you know Neuromancer, William Gibson. I mean, I th- I, I think he was uh, you know. You know, don't sue me, but I think he was like a draft dodger who came to move to Vancouver or something. And, yeah, and we we got a lot of real kind of interesting intellectuals out of the deal. Uh, t- t- today, I don't know if we could do that if you know if we had all these sort of let's say I mean the Iraq War is winding down, but you know when when you guys start you know invading North Korea, uh, you know the the draft dodgers are you know would 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 Canada. Would we would be we would we be in a political position where we could accept these draft dodgers? You know, right. uh, you know, would, would the American uh, government be so tolerant uh, of that? I, I, I don't know. Uh, yeah, your guess is good as mine. You know what? Well, I mean, you know, 
you know, with the with the Korea situ- North Korea situation, you know, who knows what you know. Um, and and I, oh, I wonder, because I don't know, because we don't have a draft down here, so there's not much to dodge. It's it's all volunteer. Well, you you, do, you, you still do have like I don't know, is it selective service? You have to yeah. you have to register, right? Right, right. Yeah, I, yeah I'm registered. Yeah, because it ended in the seventy right up. Uh, seven, I think I like. Uh, it was seventy eight or seventy nine. Yeah, we started. Yeah, it went to a uh, all you know, volunteer. Yeah. Right. So, um, yeah. So yeah, today it's all volunteer. Uh, now, granted, I'm. I would guess there would be very few, very few volunteers to go to Korea. I mean, my my brother loved it over there, but uh, yeah, you know, he was with the Air Force and uh, he was. He was also in Germany and stuff like that, so it was you know he he seemed to like it over there. So uh. yeah, I mean I think uh, yeah Korea especially during peacetime, like I think it's sort of defined a bit of a hardship post. But from what I was able to discern, that that if you were an American soldier in Korea, that on base it was like. It was like, you know... Back home. Yeah, it was like back home. It was like Little America. Like, it was all walled off, but, you know, there was like a Walmart, and you could buy things at Walmart prices, and then the moment you step off, it's like, like, there was a huge gray market. Like, I mean, we would just salivate it. Like, it's like, do you got a base connection? Do you got a base connection? Do you? Could, could you get, could you get Pop-Tarts? Because I don't want to pay $10 for a box of Pop-Tarts. I just, just want a box yeah. of Pop-Tarts. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I remember back in the good old days. I mean, I'm a smoker, so uh, you know, I've spent. You sir, are worse than Hitler. Oh well, you know, it's just one of those little, one of those little habits. You know, it, it's one of those things that helps me keep from strangling engineers. You know, it's either either us, you know, strangling the guy or have a cigarette. I think a cigarette's safer for me. <laughs> Sorry, can, can I can I ask your age? I'm forty nine. Forty nine. Okay, you know, we're similar age. Okay, my my uh, my my one perennial guest, Stuart, Stuart Robbins. He he gets really upset when I have younger people on. So he likes to, he likes to be oh. like the youngest and smartest guest of the conspiracy skeptic. So okay, yeah, that, that's cool. I mean, I I like his sh- I like his work. You know, I'm I'm I'm, I'm kind of an amateur astronomer astronomer from way back. Okay, sweet. So. I, it's just yeah. You know, I like listening to the show, and uh, I've been wanting to get a new telescope. I, I, it's been years. I want to get get one, but I just can't seem to time, money, yeah, and yeah. and you know that type of thing. And then finding the right one at the you know, I don't know. I'll I'll, I'll stick to my computer. I'm my computer geekdom here. <laughs> But we, I mean, we've sort of grew up I mean, with the, uh, you know, Vietnam War, the moon landings, uh, Nixon, Watergate, Jimmy yeah. Carter, right? I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. And even though I'm Canadian, it, that's all just, you know, I mean, I, I remember where I was when I heard, uh, you know, Nixon was resigning. That's, uh, yeah. Uh, what was I doing? I'm trying to think. Of course, probably I wasn't terribly interested. I mean, I. It, I, I remember seeing it on TV. I, I think I was probably here at home uh, with it on with on the TV, like kind of, you know, what's going on here? I, yeah, I'm trying to trying to think. Yeah, yeah, because we're just like, wow, you know, it's like, what's going on here? You know. So, all right, so let, we should we should look back at some of the conspiracies of 2011. So, so the big one, the big one was the uh, uh, the, the birther conspiracy. That seemed, oh yeah, that seemed to sort of kind of finally play out its final 
act, although one of the kids of uh, who's who's the Mormon candidate? Uh, Romney? Romney, I met Romney. Yeah, one of Mitt Romney's kids was kind of resurrecting a bit, but sort of then like, well, it was kind of a joke. But yeah, so the, the birther conspiracy. So we had uh, Obama finally released his long form, and that seemed to shut most people up except the, the really, the more fringe people. But yeah. and, and what shut people up, I guess, just meant Donald Trump, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that was, yeah. Uh, Trump was getting getting pretty popular and he was uh yeah he kind of hammered home on it he wanted you know why can't uh, obama show us our the birth certificate so and then we're talking the long form yeah the long, the long form you got to remember that because uh yeah because the, the short form had already come out and uh of course that didn't really satisfy enough enough people um and uh Let's see, because I've got copies of them here, so uh, you know, you know, kind of a kind of getting into a little side note. My ma is a one of the, is a family genealogist, okay? Okay. okay, and so she deals a lot with um, public records, finding, you know, when a person was born, when they died, you know, finding birth certificates, death certificates, okay, and. Uh, so she'll go to a courthouse, whatever, and uh, you know, ask for you know to see a, a particular certificate or whatever. And um, depending on the state, there's there's different rules on what you can see. And uh, so if I you know if if you were to apply, like if my mom wanted to apply for my birth certificate, she will get a basically the short form. Okay. Uh, which would have the da- all the, the proper dates, and it'll have a stamp on it. You know, it's, it'll have an embossed stamp, you know, from the, the courthouse and stuff like that, and perfectly legal birth yeah. certificate. Yeah. Okay, and and what it mean, and what that short form means that there is a long form in a book somewhere, but for privacy reasons or legal reasons, you can't have access to it. Okay. So. Sorry, even even as the, the birth mother, she can't. Uh, well, maybe she could. Okay. I know. I, I know. I should be able to get my own. Okay. You should, right, sorry. You should be able. To, uh, yeah. I just keep thinking. Yeah. My mom's got mine, so I just sort of more think of it's like, it's it's her property. But yeah, that is it is technically my long form birth certificate. Right. <laughs> right. Right. I should be able to get a copy of that. Right. Right. Okay. Right. Never mind. Yeah. That was a stupid question. No, not really, because because uh, actually, kind of think about it. Uh, I mean, I her name is on the, uh, I mean, uh, on the on my on my birth certificate. Her right, name's right. on there. My dad's name's on it, and you know all that, you know the the, the uh, all the critical critical information's on there. And and for a genealogist, you know, this is really all she needs is you know a proof that I you know. Where I was born, when I was born, type of thing, so she could put in her chart and okay, then you know, tra- trace me back or trace me forward. So I know I'm I'm kind of at a loss why there was a big stink over his his the birth certificate in the first place. It just seemed uh, kind of stupid, but. I think it was the classic moving the goalpost. It's like, yeah, you know, we want well, you know, here's the proof. No, 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 that's not good enough. We want this other thing. 
you know, yeah. Right. But I think it had to, you know, um, it was kind of like, um, well, before, and actually I don't know if a lot of people had heard about this, but apparently McCain's birth certificate was also <laughs> under fire. Oh, yeah? Because... Because he, okay. he was born in the Canal Zone, right? Right. Yeah. And... Um, now, because here's where it gets, now, um, when I started looking into this, and I actually bought uh, Corsi's book on, the, where's the birth certificate? Wow. Okay, this, he, okay, uh, I don't recommend this book to anybody. I mean, you, your head will, it will literally explode just from all the stupid stuff that <laughs> is coming at you. Okay, I mean, I'm, I'm having a hard time reading it because I'm like, I want facts, you know. I want, uh, you know, I want, you know, you know, when they when they say, well, oh, oh, I probably have to go back or kind of, because see the the Constitution requires the the President of the United States to be a native-born American. He also has to be thirty-five years of age, and I forget what other requirements he oh, had to be. Own three cows or something. Whatever, <laughs> and. Um, which 30, 35 was like that was old and middle age like you know I mean I you know I you know I'd be like geez I don't know if that guy's only 35 should he even be pumping my gas you know I don't know yeah. I don't trust him right right what was it what's the, the what was the term for it don't trust anyone over 30 yeah yeah, yeah that's true even yeah. in the 60s over 30 must have seemed like but these days it's like yeah you're yeah. not really an adult until you're, you, you've, you've put away your Xbox or something. <laughs> right. Stop wearing hip clothes, clothes and stuff like that. Um, yeah, and there was like a oh, because um, yeah, he had you know. So the question on McCain's was that okay, his parent, his father was in the military, his mother was living in Panama, who was also a, a, a Native-born American, father was a Native-born American in the service, and when he when McCain was born, he was born in a in, now there, there was a question about the hospital he was born in, whether it was a U.S. hospital or a Panamanian hospital. Now, apparently that and that stirred a couple people up, and they were there was a few lawsuits thrown around. Hey. And it turns out he was it was in a military hospital, so he was he was pretty much out of the clear. Okay. Plus, plus the fact that uh, what was it? He's from Arizona. That wasn't a state. <laughs> Not that <laughs> old. <laughs> I'm trying to remember, or if it was his father was from Arizona. Okay, but it wasn't it, a state. It wasn't a state. It was still a territory. <laughs> you know, there it was. Whatever they, you know, it was. That was kind of the was trying to use the same argument because yeah, yeah. Hawaii wasn't had became a state five years before Obama was born. Okay, but wow. but of course, uh, yeah, that that kind of went away when uh, um, Obama became started getting popular. And I don't, I'll get this is kind of my opinion. I don't have a whole lot of proof behind this, but I think. The whole the whole birther thing has been a, a, a political dirty trick that went bad. 
just went kind of went went viral. Which, you know, right. Yeah. Uh, sort of uh, political dirty tricks in the age of Twitter. You, you can't quite contain it like you. Right. Right. Because. Um because see, the one one of the first birthers was this Philip Berg. He was a lawyer, but he was also on Hillary Clinton's uh, election team. Oh, okay. And not, not a very Republican name, Berg. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So um, apparently, he's the one who started stirring up and had fight. He he. Uh, I don't have a count on the number of uh, lawsuits he filed on this thing, but it was like any any jurisdiction he can get his hands on or whatever would would work. He was filing papers, you know, to to get the the birth certificate on Obama because there was uh, oh, I think there was because there was something about a now I haven't gotten to the, this point in Corsi's book, but there, apparently there was a a uh, uh, private investigator who had looked into it and found that his father, that Barry uh, Satoro, was from Kenya. But so, yeah, Berg had started doing that. Then the name I think you're more familiar with is that Orly Tates. Because she started filing, you know, uh, uh, lawsuits. Um, in uh, California, I know there was California, but I'm sure again it was one of these any jurisdiction she can file in. She was filing in, and uh, but basically all this stuff has been thrown out. I mean, I you know was you know no no uh, there was no justifications, blah blah blah, and apparently Tate's also while she was filing. Had also started harassing Berg and some of his his people in his law office. So now Ber- and Berg and Tates were suing each other over stuff. You know, so and then this is you know I've, I've been actually trying to make heads or tails of that thing, but uh, but it's like you know you know it's it's fun watching conspiracy people fight with each other. You know you know <laughs> you know you know over nothing. You know it's like right. you, you know. But uh, it's it's like when the uh, HIV deniers all kind of you know because there's three very distinct HIV denial sort of camps and and and, and they're not a big tent and when they kind of go, go up against each other they're that's that's ugly but yeah uh, well, I think you know I think with the right with the whole idea of like you know you know the, to be a president you have to be native born but but that. that that might not have ever really been defined, or, or there was never an occasion when it had to be defined. Does it mean they have to be born on a contiguous, you know, like yeah. state, or like you know, American state, or you know, can you be, you know, can you be born in Kenya but have two native-born uh, uh, parents, or you know, two parents who are citizens? You know, what does what does that exactly mean, right? Right. Yeah, and actually, it, this is where it's very vague in the in the law. Um, so it, it, it's it's basically you know yeah. The, so they're trying to you can drive a bus through this thing you know to you know to what to whatever extent you want you know <laughs> that these guys want to work because because uh, there was there's very uh, there was of course he refers to one case I think it was the McCain case event or eventually because uh, because. 
yeah, that both parents were, and it was on in U.S. territory in a U.S. hospital, but outside of the the fifty states. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the you know the the non-territorial part of you know, right, right, right. That yeah, he, he's he's technically native born, but they, of course, he in his book, it's in and this is what makes he seems almost like he tries to tries to he's like he's trying to explain it, but he's contradicting himself all through the through that particular chapter. You know that you know uh, Washington see he he's like he, oh, he, he actually no he doesn't mention it, Hamilton. For what uh, Alexander Hamilton could, apparently couldn't run as president because he was born in Jamaica. Um, Washington. Uh, so here, this is. I think was he born over. See, well, the thing with, with and some of, of course, these arguments seems to point to well, you had to be a citizen, you know. Which of course, you know, like guys like Washington, Adams, Madison, uh, would Jackson be a? Well, I know definitely the yeah, you know, like Washington, when they were born, they were still British citizens, or British uh, uh, subjects. So, you know, he's our, you know, based on his argument, our first three or four presidents were not legally could legally run as president, you know, based on his argument, because you had to be a, a U.S. citizen, native-born, blah, blah, blah. Well, of course, uh, you know, these, I mean, now, it may be, maybe because they had to take a, pa- the, I think there was like a couple oaths you have to take. There was like a Patriot's Oath, and then there was a, there's probably a, a, a Citizen's Oath that you had to take, and it, when 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 everything switched over, you know, in uh, oh, when did the war end? I, but anyhow, or would it have been when the the when the, they switched from the Articles of Confederation to the U.S. Constitution? There may have been some oaths involved too, on top of it. So, you know, but uh, but technically, according to Corsi, that yeah, these you know, Washington was not legally a uh, was legally a you know, technically could not be a president because he was not born in the, in the United States. He was born in he was born in England. I mean Virginia, whatever, you know, type of thing. So uh you know this is this is where, you know, it you know it it's just it's it's you know, my you know, your your brain is just has a rough time getting around this stuff, you know. So uh but fortunately, you know, the uh you know, they he released his long form. There's there's doesn't I don't see any problems with it, though. Uh, then, you know, then the, the hardcore people jumped on it. Oh, there's a smiley face in the guy. Uh, the the, uh, the uh, doctor's name. Um, someone ran it through uh, Photoshop, and it's layered. You know, it's like oh yeah, you know, you know stuff like that. You know, it's like uh, anomaly, anomaly hunting. Yeah, there's all these little X's all over it, and I'm. Actually, when I looked at it, I go, well, yeah, it kind of makes sense if there's somebody doing a statistic and they're saying, okay, they want to know, yeah, the, yeah, there's like a, there's an X by the, uh, is the residence of, on a farm or plantation? No, that might be important. Uh, okay. 
He's got there's a couple numbers. Actually, looks like they were like someone double checking. Yeah, that's okay. Um, yeah, because there's like these X's by this birth. Uh, there's, there's just different things that looks like it would go into like a big master, like a like a statistical, you know, statistical information, so that they, you know, uh, whatever they, I'm sure that gets uh, filed and you know researchers use it. Okay, we have you know do count or population counts or whatever or studies on live births versus you know or stuff like that you know so i don't see anything really anomalous there and uh, there was like but there were there was like all sorts of uh, sorts of little i mean there was all these little things that are you know it's just anomaly hunting you know right right yeah yeah no, it seemed, seemed to me that that i mean i i almost sort of thought obama would not reveal his birth certificate until, like, around the election time. Because from my perspective, it seemed like at some point to be a Republican or to even be, like, a candidate, you know, that you had to kind of declare yourself birther, not birther. You know, that there was it was becoming a, uh, almost like a, you know, a loyalty test that, you know, and, 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 and it sort of started becoming like you know to be well to be a true Republican you also have to be a birther like it was really starting to tilt that way and 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 it seemed like and and I think Obama did the the noble thing you know it's like look I'm just going to really you know we we can get back to like normal well you know get back to normal politics yeah. but but you know. You know, Obama kept the Republican Party from completely disintegrating over pure lunacy. Right. Yeah. Uh, honestly, you know, maybe he was just fed up with it. Yeah. Because I mean, yeah. he he had been dealing with it since his uh, since he's been elected. Basically, this was even before he's elected, and you know, and this keeps coming up, and then you're getting like a and probably maybe because I I would think. You know, like with the Donald Trump, you know, he's very, you know, media savvy. He's, he's he was on TV, you know, he's basically almost like free advertising, and and there's definitely a uh, you know groups within here who'd like to think running government like business. So Trump was probably a a very maybe too strong of a candidate too early, or who knows because. Uh, yeah, plus it gave you know probably gave a gave a chance to you know give um, and maybe it was well wait I don't know because that did that stuff come out before we got uh, Osama bin Laden or after I'm trying to remember now oh I think it's before all the, all the the whole birther thing sort of he he revealed his his birth certificate before right. before yeah before okay Osama. yeah because it was probably. Uh, Maybe the the and, and now I'm starting to sound like a conspiracist, but you know maybe he threw that out there. So oh, now we got something to chew on. You know the news newspapers can chew on this story and blah blah blah. And then we, next thing you know we, we're nailing uh, Osama bin Laden. You know it's like oh yeah, you know it's kind of like you know uh, what was uh, the, it was the uh, the year that uh, one of the year, uh, the Bulls won when they win their. Uh, you know the the world whatever they have basketball okay. Chicago Bulls right yeah the Chicago Bulls uh, our basketball team where they had Dennis Rodman on there and he was running around <laughs> Chicago you know all 
flowery and doing all sorts of crazy stuff in Chicago. And uh, I remember a lot of the sportscasters kind of saying, wait a minute, we're chasing Rodman all over Chicago, you know, into this bar and that, that place and stuff like that. We're, we're ignoring everyone else on the team. So it gave the, you know, basically the team was off, off the hook for dealing with the, with the media. <laughs> right, right, yes. So I'm wondering, you know, that, I mean, that could be it. Uh, yeah. Again, I, I'm, I'm guessing it was more like uh, maybe just to shut down Trump. I think because he, I think he really did have a really good, uh, good chance of being a front runner. You know, there was a, there's a, a blog I follow. He's like an international relations professor, and he, he's American, and he's teaching in in Korea, and uh, and he's sort of like the, especially the birther thing. He's like he's like you know, sort of. The Americans don't sort of realize that this kind of insanity, like how it plays on on America's allies, that, you know, that his students would be like, they'd be like, oh, wait, wait a second, professor, you know, okay, America wants to, you know, sort of be leader of the free world, but these people who want to lead, like they think Obama's a Muslim and they don't believe in global warming and they think the world is six thousand years old and they don't think we've gone to the moon, like, 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 the, these are the people, you know. That they, you know, we all want, you know, think we should agree that they should be leading the free world in the banking system, and you know, yeah, yeah that, that, that to America's allies, and you know, like it or not, America needs its allies a lot more today than it's 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 needed in you know in uh you know sort of the the you know, the Bush years and the pre-Bush years is the, that 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 just does not play well outside of America, and they don't they don't they don't realize that it's yeah. destroying American cred, you know. Yeah, well, that's what I'm, I, I, I want. I, I, I'm not international that, you know, that much. But you know, like I, I it, it kind of dawned on me. You know, like a lot of the cartoons are, you know, the Simpsons. They're all made in Korea, the or the the bulk of it. I'm wondering what the Koreans think when they see uh, Peter. You know, stuff that you know, the Family Guy being made. You know, what, what do they think? What's this stuff? You know, you got, you know, the talking dog. You know, and this is going to be a, you know. <laughs> Uh, or you got yeah you got yeah the dog talking to uh, Rush Limbaugh or you know you got Chris dating the uh, the Dow syndrome girl you know it's like oh, right the, the, yeah, and, 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 the eighty year old pedophile guy yeah it's like you know you know it's like I wonder what these Koreans when they're drawing this stuff up it's just, oh right yeah you know it's like okay you know. And, you know and it's like the Chinese you know like the Chinese they they're making all these you know all our plastic you know doodads it's like these Americans will buy just about anything. Yeah, what are they you know, going to do with it? Exactly. You know, what, what do they do with this stuff? You know, it's a, uh, you know, it, it's a uh, this, you know, whatever the, you know, little plastic, it's little plastic cars. What do they do with these things? Why don't they, you know, why can't they make them this, this themselves? You know, it's like, you know, well, what's going through their minds? And and it, it can't help when, uh, you know, you get, uh, you know, the American, you know. Well, especially, I want to say like uh, Abu Ghraib or whatever. You know that that you know that stuff where, okay, the you know this this is like you know this is America at its worst. You know, and, and it never you know well again you know bad news or you know bad news carries a lot further than good news type of thing. So, but you know the, the world's got to be looking at us and saying. What drugs are these people on, and where can I get some? You know, you know. I mean, 
I, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm a proud American. You know, I, I, you know, I love the country, but you know, we're not doing too good. You know, I, you know, it, you know, I mean, uh, who knows? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, uh, you know, the thing, the the, the problem is, it's like, uh, um, you know. When 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 you're number one, you you are always uh, uh, you're always held to a much higher standard, you know. So the uh, uh, you know I'm sure like like Canada, uh, I, I believe it was you know the whole Black Hawk Down thing that happened. Right, right. Th- that was I think that was ultimately caused by Canada because uh you know Canada was there with its you know so called peacekeepers and a lot of sort of uh, uh neo nazis sort of got into the canadian army like they wanted to train up prepare for the coming race war so so there were all these like kind of like these 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 cryptic white power kind of skinhead types in the canadian army and then we send them to africa and and so they uh, they captured this. This is a They captured this like African teenager. This is Canadians. I'm gonna I'm gonna remind you. Okay. And then they, they they tortured him to death, uh, beating him and and making him shout like Oh Canada, you know. But before they deliver the like the final death blow, again I'm stressing these are Canadians that were doing this, and and this of course totally hit the fan, and and then and then I believe that then sort of you know kind of really turned a lot of or turned Africans the the, the people in that area turned them off the whole foreign peacekeepers, and then when America came in, yeah, so so so. I I, th- I think a lot of that was sort of per- precipitated by by the actions of you know, Canadians in Africa. Mm-hmm. So so uh, yeah, but but does anybody know about that? Right? You know, nobody re- outside of Canada. I'm sure even a lot of Canadians don't even remember that anymore, or they don't even know who you know, like the guys who did it. They just you know, like no one in you know higher up in the chain of command never got punished, and like you know, the guys lower in the chain of command, they were you know the the perpetrators you know they they got off lightly and it was all just swept under the rug and you know yeah, yeah so but but yeah but but that's never so america is just always because you know you're you're you know you're 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 at the top so you're you're, you're held to a certain higher standard that that the, the people holding to that standard are not holding themselves to right yeah and yeah yeah and when you when you're talking about uh, like that incident and you know some of the others i mean these were individuals that had i mean who know i don't know what motivated like abu ghraib uh but then there you know like when you look at oh like uh uh ruby ridge uh oh, and uh, and uh, waco waco was the i think was the big one and what struck me was that you had, there was that you had a, a negotiator an FBI negotiator trying to pull these people out, but then you had an, another F or was it FBI or the, was it the National Guard then doing something to for you know make them go back in you know and, and they were fighting each other and these were all individuals you know working under different different uh, I don't know I don't know mindsets you know yeah. and uh, of course um, uh, Waco I mean. You, you know, the Branch Davidians, you know, they all get burnt up in there, and then that just 
fueled the next, uh, mm-hmm. you know, you know the Oklahoma City stuff, you know. So, yeah. I mean, it's, but of course, everything seemed to fall upon the government or the ATF or whoever, you know, all the, you know, the particular departments, and they're usually departments that people don't like, you know. I mean, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know, I don't know. But it sounds to me like people in Texas don't like the ATF because they're they think they're after their guns. You know, you don't you, you don't take a gun away from a Texan. I'm sorry. <laughs> that, 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 that's you gotta be careful about that. <laughs> well, all right. All right. So, uh, what was the other a couple other big big conspiracy topics? Uh, let's see. Uh, the uh, I guess you know the, the moon landings. As you know, uh, amateur astronomer. You know, this one must always. Stick under your craw, like the uh, the the um, you know, NASA, NASA keeps releasing better and better sort of photos of uh, of the, you know the Apollo sites and 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 you know they look pretty good. Like the, I think the first one they sort of released a couple of years ago was a little bit blurry, but yeah. but you know the, I think the most recent photos they released, it's like okay, you know, yeah, you got to be. You have to sort of now sort of fall back on the, well, they just loaded those images into the cameras before they sent them out there. Uh, you know, that's your fallback position. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah, I looked at the pictures. I mean, those are cool. I mean, and actually show, I mean, where you could see where they walked, you know, you could see where the lunar rover, you know, went around. I, I just don't understand why anyone would uh, actually believe that we hoaxed. How hoaxed all this stuff? Yeah. You know, it's like, I mean... I mean, I remember watching just about every Apollo mission, you know, and the, I was like, I was like glued, glued to the TV. Oh, yeah. that's cool, that's cool. And then, oh, here they're they're landing, and there, there's, there's, there they are climbing out of the, climbing out of the, you know, the, the module, and they're doing all this and watching the guy, you know, and uh, the Saturday, Saturday. Saturday morning cartoons started giving way to Saturday morning uh, science shows. I mean, yeah, yeah. You know, there was the big push for science, and actually, I think my, my when my parents uh, uh, realized I, you know, that I was really into this, you know, that's when they started buying me. I mean, I I was the kid on the street with the microscope, and I oh, was cool. the, I was the kid with the telescope, and I think I had a chemistry set, um, stuff like that, and. My dad actually he he worked for a supply company, so he was bringing stuff home and stuff that I had no clue. I probably shouldn't even be messing with, you know. And uh, plus, he had all his uh, chemistry books. So, being the the nerd that I was, I still am, I guess, you know, just in a different form. But I I would read through his college, uh, you know, his organic chemistry books, and like, oh, that's cool. Oh, oh that that's a rea- that's what a reaction does. Oh, cool, you know, what you know, stuff like you know, learning stuff. And the whole, whole the whole nine eleven thing. It, it I guess in in Toronto, actually, on like September eleventh, there was some sort of uh, uh, oh, it's so, so stupid. It was like some sort of. Um, like like a like a mock trial and, and like some of the really big names in uh, 9/11 ness were you, like like Americans had come to Toronto to sort of like as if they're going to run a trial and and uh, I mean I don't know who they were going to get for the other side other than like you know people who already believe in 9/11 but they just you know they're kind of doing their best to play devil's advocate and. Uh, but uh, and 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 interestingly enough, that got almost no press coverage whatsoever. 
whatsoever in in Canadian media. It was like it was largely ignored, which of course is probably you know proof of the conspiracy. So uh, yeah, but you know, is this, you think this is ever going to go away? This whole nine eleven. Well, I think the media is kind of given up a little bit. I'm, I'm, I would imagine maybe every 10 years or so there might be a, you know, they might do something, you know. Uh, it's kind of like, 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 well, like the, the Pearl Harbor, every, every anniversary, like uh, every, like a, the, I think the 75th, there was a big push. A lot of books came out and a lot of talk. Uh, I want to say uh, every so often there will be like, like, they, like, like they're collecting up, you know, Collecting up their thoughts and say, "Okay, now let's. Here's a good chance. Here, you know, the so in the next 9/11, like I'm going to say, maybe the 20th anniversary, we might see a big resurgence with uh, new new people, new new ideas, new 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 uh, nuances to the current, because pretty much everything's been debunked, on the, you know, for 9/11 uh, and the stuff that they ha- that people are having trouble debunking. It's Probably not worth it because the like this nanothermite stuff that they keep talking about. Right. right. <laughs> you know they the sam- the samples they took were like from all over the city. Okay, and then they, there was this you know these little steel like little ball, balls of steel. I guess I guess when the stuff iron, burns, iron, iron, iron micro pellets or something. Right. Like Microspheres. Yeah, and. Uh, so they and they found them all over, you know. They're, but of course they, that's their claim because there's no, there's no, uh, you know, no tracking of you know, what what do they get? What 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 are they digging into? I mean, I, I know that like just simple welding will generate this kind of stuff, you know. So do they go to a weld? You know, it just happened to be. A, a building that's being welded on, you know, the steel going up. So there's all these little. So they took samples. Oh yeah, that's that's from the World Trade Center. Well, how do they? That, yeah, there's no proof that they, it came from there. And uh, even this, it's kind of. I know. I mean, thermite's a, a known quantity. They they've used. You know, thermite's been used for ages. And uh, but it's not that. It's, yeah, I think it's mostly for cutting. It's not. Not for uh, welding. I think, or did they use? I think early on, there was a thermite, and actually, they do use. Yeah, they do. And they also use thermite for grounding uh, in electrical systems. You know, like a your your ground rod outside your house might have a uh, exothermic. They, they call it exothermic welding, which is basically some thermite and and some copper, and it just you know melts everything together, right. and. Uh, so, uh, like I said, there's 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 no proof that where the stuff came from. It could be they could be bringing it in from the from where they're testing the stuff because there's not there's not a lot of uses for it. I think t- to use it, it's pretty awkward. Um, even the like I think National Geographic had shown you know they were trying to use a, just even thermite to cut. 
come through steel and right, right. the thing just kind of blew up in their face almost. <laughs> you know, it, it did right. nothing. People don't really use it to demolish buildings, right? Right. Yeah. I think. I think. I think the thing is, it's like you know, it's like well, you know, right, you know, if the, if it was a uh, you know act of demolition, then there should have been we should have seen X, Y, and Z, but we don't see that. So therefore, there must have been some other form of demolition. Oh, so they must have used this thermite. Oh, they must have used this microthermite. You know, they they kind of they keep kind of like you know finding you know in in the gaps finding kind of a new god. Sort right. Of yeah. Right. Push push a goalpost here. To, yeah. You know, do the do this. Yeah. yeah. But uh, you know, yeah, it was like the the who's it? No, uh, St- Stephen Jones. He was the uh, he was he was a guy. He was a, a physics professor at University of Utah or Brigham Young University or something, and, and he did a lot of work on uh, uh, cold fusion, but not not more not the crazy um, not the crazy. Uh, uh, Pons and Fleischmann cold fusion, but he was he was more of a he was doing the uh, the the the, what's called, the muon catalyzing fusion, like he was doing work on that, and, and so when Pons and Fleischmann were kind of going all wacko, he was he was almost like the moral center of the story, where he was kind of like, you know, well it, it's possible, but you know, it's you're you're not going to build power plants out of this, and and, and it's just it's and. Uh, and then, but he was sort of the one who was going to kind of publish the first paper about it, and then and then Pons and Fleischmann rushed to do the press release. But then he, you know, again, I think he just he would kind of then he retired and then just sort of went off the the deep end, like like uh, uh, the guy who won a Nobel Prize for you know HIV, you know, now is like oh he's big into home home homeopathy and you know these guys kind of in, in their retirement. Sometimes go off the deep end, but um, yeah. So his like little paper, so-called paper, which I think he eventually published in a, you know a paid for placement journal. That's you know like their idea of peer review is they they edit it, they copy edit it. Oh, found a typo, and, and yeah, and uh, and so he sort of published in that. But but again, it's 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 you know it's no one sort of you know if he had submitted it to why not. A submit it to like a legitimate engineering journal or, or, or something where someone's going to go, okay, so you, you found this and then you say this must be then evidence of microthermite, but you know, have you considered it's also evidence of, um, you know, stuff left over from, you know, uh, toner cartridges or, you know, th- things like that, right? He never eliminated other possibilities, which which, right. which real peer review would have done, and and e- e- even more bizarre is, is that you know you know Jones, I mean you know Jones is no stranger to to um, controversial science, and, and and he should be the kind of guy that knows how to do it, like you know to you know, show up at legitimate scientific conferences, where as a you know as a member of that society he can he can introduce a paper you know and 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 then introduce a paper and get it read and get it criticized, but he for some reason he abandons all of that and then takes his arguments directly to the public, so it's, it's just. It's just a huge, you know, it's red flag after red flag. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that's, I mean, all, I mean, I, I, it seems like almost a lot of the, uh, uh, a lot of this, you know, uh, well, nine eleven, that kind of, you know, these studies and, you know, and even within the, the, you know, the, you know, the pseudoscience and all this, you know, that, you know, we'll find that, you know, these guys, they, you know, they're just so sure. I don't, I don't know if they're just so sure of it. They're, you know, this is. 
whatever, and it doesn't matter. Just get it published. You know, get it out there. You know, uh, God, there was a what was that one? Uh, I want to remember. I'm trying to. Uh, oh, oh, the uh, the Rim Report. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah, uh, this uh, kid Marty Rim, he was like a, I think he, he did his did a paper, did his paper on uh, pornography on, uh, on the not, I don't think it was the internet, but pornography on online, okay, on, online pornography, because uh, that was back in the, the Baltimore days. Okay, right, that's okay. Yeah, I used to run a bulletin board, so I was okay. kind of interested in the story um, because he had done this. He had did this study. He, he it almost sounds like he may have done it over the, like one of the early early internet okay. because he he had a he had an algorithm. He went through all these these sites, found pornographic images, different types, whatever. Okay, and. Try to remember because he, it was kind of like a, and he did. It was more like a psychological paper, like uh, you know, this group is going to look at this this type of imagery, and this group is going to look at this type of imagery, and you know, there's this percentage of, you know, bestiality or whatever the you know the you know the different uh, fetishes, you know, that type of thing. And you would think they would probably, and you would think you would publish it in a a psychology journal or have it done there. But he submitted it to a, a business journal, <laughs> and apparently, and yeah, and then it got it it got published, and I then all of a sudden, uh, you know, like Time Magazine latched onto it and okay. did did a story, so. But when people were start, you know, they were starting to ask, "Well, where? How did you come to this? Inf- what, what algorithms did you use to to do this analysis?" And he wouldn't produce the information. And there was a whole big stink, and then it turned out it was all faked. Okay. And of course, by that time, you know the. Uh, oh, the Congress had gotten a hold of it. That was. The, right, you know, right. the, the, you know and that whole that whole ugly mess. Okay. Because remember during the the, Re, the, I mean, the Reagan years, uh, uh, who's who's Reagan's um, uh, just justice guy? Uh, he was uh, he he was sort of the one. He was really responsible for kind of getting like Seven Eleven and stuff to pull like Playboy and Penthouse off the magazine stands because he was. Uh, he he basically sort of went to them and said and said uh, we're gonna we're gonna release this report that sort of kind of says that Playboy and Penthouse are kind of gateway gateway child porn and and you know so do you guys really want to be in the headlines as sort of being the major distributors of gateway child porn which then you know Seven Eleven is like um, pretty much not yeah. and yeah so. Yeah. John, John, not John Ashcroft. Uh, I wish I could remember because I I remember there was that and uh, uh, Keating versus uh, uh, Hustler magazine. Right. Yeah. Yeah. 
because uh, and I, uh, again, you know, uh, Ed, Edwin Meese, Edwin Meese, Meese the yeah. Attorney General, yeah, right? Yes, the Meese report. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, like uh, I mean, that whole well, well, Keating and hit. He was trying to shut down Hustler magazine and tried to get, you know, he was getting it. Of course, this was the same guy who uh, was responsible for the, the Lincoln Savings and Loan meltdown. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. And, it, and that kind of ticked off that, you know, Larry Flint. I think, you know, I, I mean, I don't like the guy. I mean, yeah. Larry, Larry yeah. Flint is like the sleaziest guy. Not a pleasant man. Right. And. But you know what? You know he did not deserve that, right? You know? Or the or the bullet in his spine. That 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 was a, yeah, that would be another thing. But it, but still, you know, you know, yeah, I'm not I'm not that big on you know the hustler, and I'm not a big. I would never be a because you know. But you know, Flint's now going. He's he. I think yeah, he was for a while there. He was like outing all these uh, Republican. Congressmen, senators, for their little forays into the men's room, <laughs> and their 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 uh, uh, what you call them, whatever, what are they, whatever you call, I don't know, I, right, right. So, you know, so yeah, good for him. I, okay. Well, it was, yeah, it was it was John Ashcroft. Now I had read something, and it's not, like, it's not really well known, but but, but before nine eleven, like like the like. Uh, W. Bush, his what he was really going to take on uh, internet pornography like that was his going to be a big platform of his a big sort of cornerstone of his presidency. He was going to try to you know clean up internet pornography and then and then John Ascroft you know he was going to lead that because you remember there was the whole thing about when when he would give press conferences he would have to sort of stand before like a topless woman statue and then he would like like you know justice is blind and he would have that covered up by a curtain. Because you know it would be very hard for him to sort of like attack pornography, and then people just go, "Well, is that pornography behind you? That work of art, right? You know." So you would have that kind of covered up. But but then of course you know nine eleven happened, and and then you know they weren't going to do that. That torpedoed that. But but in his second term, he was Bush was sort of sending out some feelers, and so he started like the FBI. He was kind of like almost asking for like volunteers to sort of form this internet pornography task force. And but 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 by by about this time in in you know American society, I mean pornography is. It's, it's it's just it's it's part of culture, you know. It's like it's like you know it's like trying to ban milk, you know. Right. Like let's make milk illegal, and 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 so like the FBI were just, they were just like they were just incredulous. They're 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 like they're like we're trying to track down these terrorists, and you want to go after like you know like underground you know, are these underground poor you know yeah like. Yeah, fleshtube.com. Like, come on, give us a break. Because it'd be very, very hard for you know. Because I'm, you know, I mean, how many adult males, married or otherwise, don't don't you know, don't consume massive amounts of pornography, and you know, and now you're being asked to, you know, police it. It, it was just ridiculous. Yeah. Well, it, it's all. It, I don't know why it has to be a problem here in the in the states. Uh, I mean, it's been around. Actually, I, I think I was—I was just seeing the show. There was some, there was some stuff found in a tomb in in, in Egypt. You know, <laughs> I mean, we're, we're talking—you know—it's been around four thousand, five thousand years. I mean, 
and now we're going to fight it. You know, yeah. you know, the genie's out of the bottles, people. You know, get 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 with it. You know, well, yeah, well, I, I think I, mean, I think a lot of even Egyptian, like a lot like Egyptian mythology, like you know, the world was created through masturbation or something. So a lot of Egyptian, yeah. you know, tomb art features like you know phalluses and this sort of stuff, yeah. and 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 you know, and, and especially when the British were sort of discovering all this, they, it was like. You know, very Victorian, like oh, but, yeah, yeah. That was that's yes. I actually I read an article about that, and uh, a lot of that, a lot of that imagery suppressed. You know, yeah, they a lot of it's actually been. It sounds like it's been destroyed. Oh, uh, even too, I'm sure. Yeah, and uh, you know, which is uh, I, I think it, I, that's definitely a crime. I mean, trying to understand a, a culture, you know, uh, you know, from that. I mean, I mean, very little. It sounds like very little is known about you know uh, the Egyptians. I mean, c- even considering the information we do have, but there's you know they don't know much about you know the uh, you know how the peasants lived. You know they, they they know about you know the exploits of the pharaohs and you know the the higher ups. But you know you know this you know how did a how did an average Egyptian what did he do when he woke up in the morning to when he went to sleep at night? You know that that would be but a lot of that's been lost because of, uh, you know, Victorian uh, morals or whatever. You know, can't sh- can't have you know. It, it was always we can't have the ladies looking at that. <laughs> it was always, you know, of course. Uh, did you ever see the movie uh, The Road to Wellsville? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, at, at that. I mean that that. That nails it right there. Yeah, you know, right, that's, yes. that's the way it was like. You know, it's like, you know, can't talk about this, but you know, the stuff that they were, do, you know, they were doing in that movie. You know, it's right, like, right, yeah. yeah. I read the book too. The books, the book's pretty good, right? Yeah. yeah. Can we? It's it's just um, just massaging your uterus kind of thing, right? <laughs> yeah. And that was a medical treatment. I mean, you know, the of the vibrator was invented. That for, yes, right. You know, yeah. and uh, you know, it's like, uh, of course, you you and when they started. Selling it as a as a uh, as a household appliance when electricity was getting into the homes, you could buy the you know there was all these attachments, but there was like three or four of them that could only be bought by a doctor. <laughs> I thought, okay, let's, we, I think we know what that's for. I guess on the subject of medical topics, uh, but it's a good segue to anti anti vaxxers. It seems uh, in, in 2011 we've really sort of turned a corner, and the whole the, like it like I just read something in the New York Times. There's a whole thing about you know just you know vaccinate get you know talk about herd immunity, and that uh, that, 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 that the media is really sort of has sort of abandoned the whole. Um, you know, there's both sides of the argument. You know, the pro-vaccine and the anti-vaccine. We should, yeah. It it seems like that has uh, 2011. That that's well, definitely with the reports of uh, uh, measles outbreaks in Europe and California. And, yeah, the, the California, the whooping cough there. Uh, you know, I, I'm hoping it's making people think. I yeah, mean, yeah. And definitely, well, I guess Australia, they've been kicking ass down there, you know. Uh, right, right, yes. You know, and... You can't kind of get, uh, I guess, I, it's, uh, what we would call, or I guess maybe we used to call in Canada, called a baby bonus, that uh, uh, when, when you had a baby, you got like, uh, basically, you got like a check from the government every month. Um, 
and uh, but then they they sort of they sort of redid it, and now it's like 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 a tax credit, so you kind of get money. Uh, I don't have children, so I don't really I don't really understand exactly. But uh, but yeah, now it's kind of like a tax credit, and you, you kind of get a tax refund uh, for 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 your children. But so so similar thing in, in Australia, I believe they kind of had a baby bonus. They have a baby bonus sort of system. So right, so you you don't get your baby bonus if your kids aren't vaccinated, which right. which yeah yeah. If that's a good thing, you know. I mean, you know, uh, that, I'm, yeah, like I said, I'm hoping, uh, see, like with Oprah now trying to, <laughs> trying to keep her, uh, network going, I, I, I wonder what's going on. I, I don't watch that, you know, I, and it seems like Oprah's kind of fallen off the, off the radar a little bit. Yeah, that's true. Well, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think the danger there is if the whole Oprah network sort of starts to fail, that uh, you know, that it might she might have to sort of fall back on like being really controversial. So yeah. like you know, bringing Oz back on, getting yeah. Oz back on there. This is what might kill your kids, you know. Yeah, yeah. Doctor Doctor Oz, he's not on the uh, the Oprah. I I see him on uh, one of the local channels, uh, okay. WWGN, and uh, I think it's WG or is it? Uh, Fox, okay. Fox, but uh, yeah, he's got his own show. Uh, I think the only time I ever watched it was to see uh, Steve Novella talk. Mm, okay, yeah. So, plus, I'm I'm usually at work. I I, wonder, I know. <laughs> I, I, I so I I took some time off over Christmas, the Christmas holidays just to chill out with my family in, in Windsor, and so I spent a little bit of time watching Detroit daytime TV when people should be working, and it is, I mean, you know, it's, uh, well, we're talking Jerry Springer, so, like, the yeah. commercials on Jerry Springer, and it's it's a lot of, like, um, you know, this is who we can sue to get you money, um, it's really depressing advertising. Like, yeah, like, I, I was watching Judge Judy, actually, I, I, I don't know why I watched that show, uh, you know, it doesn't. She's supposed to be a real judge. She doesn't really seem to act like one. I had a, I, <laughs> you know, because there's. I had the unique experience. I got to do a jury duty for on a criminal case. Oh, cool! And uh, I mean, it was. And I to get to get fed. Uh, not until you get uh, have to deliberate. Oh, okay. Then, then you, uh, then you, uh, they lock you away and. Uh, Do they bring you Burger King? I imagine they could. Because okay, that's, that's my sorry. That's just my dream: be on a jury and be brought Burger King. That would be yeah. I don't dream big, but. You know what? I I really wish that this case I was on wasn't so. It was it was kind of a messed up deal, but. Uh, but everyone was convinced that these these two guys did the did the crime okay. basically. So <laughs> it was, no, it was but the, the, it was funny. But I was watching the. I wanted to see how this worked. You know how this whole yeah. how this whole legal thing works because there was like, you know, they were objecting to things like, uh, well, kind of a. I'll do a quick brief rundown. Apparently, two kids went to a bar to meet a meet a friend. Um. Somehow, they ticked off a, a guy at the bar. So this guy got belligerent. So they left. This guy followed him out. Hit him. Started hitting the one kid with a stick. Oh, 
and chased him back to his the guy the kid's car. He beat him again there. About the about that time, his his buddy came out, got a hold of his friend, pushed him to the ground, and started cutting his head up with a razor blade. Holy crap! <laughs> okay, now uh, it looked like the defense. Now I find this out later that, but he, there was like all these different counts. Uh, it was like 17 different counts against these guys. You know, assault, assault with intent to do bodily harm, assault on a public thoroughfare, assault on a, a public thoroughfare, you know, just all this legalese stuff. Right. Conspiracy to use a razor blade in the commission of a minor yeah. offense. They, they do have these really bizarre little... Right. Yeah. So, yeah, there's 17 of these things, and uh, apparently the prosecutor was just hoping to catch him on maybe one or two of these things, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, did the, did the attack actually happen, where it happened type of thing? And, uh, well, one of the defendants got up on the stand and started talking about that he followed, he started saying, you know, after, I think there were some punches thrown early on or whatever, and he decided to follow this guy with the stick to make sure he doesn't come back at him, okay? You know, like, okay, you don't follow the guy, you know, back to his car in case he's going to come back at you. I would be running the other direction, you know, away from the guy, you know. So it just seemed like this guy was just wanting to beat up on somebody. Okay, okay so, um, but there was like, there were, you know, there was the objections, because um, there were, they, the defense was trying to make it sound like it may have been a drug deal gone bad. Okay. You know, so he was, he was trying to insert the, but there was no drugs ever involved. Right, right. So there was a, you know, they, so they couldn't be brought in as evidence. So they, you know, there was all the, you know, objection, you know, sustained type stuff. And, um, yeah, I, I come to find out <coughs> that, uh, well, I, well, we, I should say, well, before that, we went into the into the jury room. Everyone was grabbing the guilty sheets, and they were wanting to sign off on this guy's guilty. This guy's guilty, and I actually kind of felt bad. So I, you know, I ended up being the jury uh, jury foreman on top of it, you know. And uh, I had uh, said, "Well, shouldn't we vote on this or do something?" You know, I mean. So as we're voting, we're passing the, sh- the guilty sheets down. Everyone was in agreement; these guys were guilty. You know, so it was a kind of a shame. One, you know, I, I, I still kind of feel bad because I wanted, you know, because one of the things that they tell you when you go in is that, you know, you are innocent until proven guilty, you know, and you must be, you know, there's a, a burden of proof and all this stuff, you know, so you you try to apply this stuff, and every time I applied it, it was like these guys are guilty, you know. So I okay. I don't feel that bad about it, but it was like. I would love to have been able to give these guys a little bit of a chance because these guys had no chance at all. They they, they weren't they're they were, they're not getting out of jail for a while. Okay. So, uh, but I was talking to the I got I was it was the last case of the week or whatever, and I was going to be let go. So um, I got to talk with the prosecutor because he wanted to talk to someone on the jury what happened in there, and I and I kind of explained you know what I just explained, and mm-hmm. he, he goes, 
I was just hoping to get one or two. You know, I I didn't expect it, all of them to come in. And so, <laughs> you know, and then I told him, well, the you know the defendant he he said he followed the people back to the. I, I mean, I don't because mm-hmm. throughout the you know all the you know the people testifying in the in the courtroom. I mean, the stick was anywhere from a like a three inch rotted tree limb to a baseball bat. You know, <laughs> you know, it's like. And to me, that didn't matter. What mattered was that the guy followed him back to the, you know, that was, so, you know, kind of seeing how the, you know, the courts work, that was, that was neat. Oh, cool. But, what, what were we talking about? <laughs> I, that's what I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, <laughs> trying to do that. Cause was, <laughs> yeah, all I know is in Canada, though, I think a lot, lot, most Canadians, I think, tend to take trial by judge and so there's this yeah I, I only think I know one person that's ever been on a jury so not a lot of not a lot of jury trials in Canada although it's it's absolutely you're right but just a lot of people just go to trial trial by judge so I think I think our our judges aren't very political you know so it's like you know judges don't have to sort of seem like oh soft on crime you know this guy that sort of stuff but yeah. uh, maybe we should just change the topic I just want to do we're, we're sort of this is going to be a really long win but we, I didn't do a podcast for December so so um, uh, so hey, if this goes two hours that's great uh, let's go yeah, to, yeah come, come back to Alex Jones uh, so let's do top three for, for 2012 Okay. For, for 2012, I want to know what is what is what are, what are, what do you think are Alex Jones is his top three, you know what what shits that's going to come down in 2012? Like why why are we all doomed? What is, what are his top three things? Well, I sent you that you know that note. Uh, right, right, yeah. And I'm going to say the first four because actually one and two that is it's a, it, the economy. That, that's always going to be his uh, right. Yes, yes. You know, okay. you know, um, now the, the social upheavals, yeah, that that's going to be part of it. And pandemics, he's always, because he's always, you know, like with, with the, you know, he's, I mean, it always has to do with the economy. How and it's basically how these elites, you know, the the elites are trying to take our money. You know, they're they're trying to, you know, impose taxes or, you know, whether it's a, whether it's a, you know. A tax on you know just raising taxes on you know normal everyday stuff to I mean even carbon taxes seem to be you know some of the you know this you know the, the global warming right. uh, uh, schemes that I guess are being exactly. bandied around right. yeah, you know, that's just all big cash grab and attempt to seize power and, right yeah. and, <laughs> and and basically get the money out of our pockets and put it into the, the fat cat's pockets sure type exactly. of thing exactly yeah and that's going to be that's always going to be his 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 game that's his that's his you know the federal reserve is printing up money and taking our tax money and it's always i mean it doesn't really look at the facts you know like uh, the the, the, the the Federal Reserve doesn't print money. The Federal Reserve asks for so much money to put into the economy. So they go to the Treasury, to the Mint, and they'll print money for them. You know, it, it's, a, it's maybe a bit of a semantic, but it, that's the way it's supposed to work. It, it's, it's very hard to understand that, that this, yeah, the relationship. It's like they buy 
one buys kind of bonds from the other one, and that 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 yeah, right. Get yeah, putting yeah. There seems to be a couple different ways to get more money into the economy, but but right. yeah, yeah. Because uh, of course, you know, because I, I, I was kind of it was kind of interesting. There was a oh, it was a couple years ago, and it it, it went through the uh, through all the, the 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 lists and the you know the various uh, websites and stuff about a. Uh, there was this thing about the Federal Reserve and fractional uh, fractional banking reserve, yeah, fractional reserve, yeah. And um, you know, as I watched it, and I'm like, okay, so the Federal, Re- you know, they're, what they're saying is the Federal Reserve allows these banks to, you know, allows let, these banks to lend out make, more than they have, right? So. Uh, I'm like, well, wait a minute. So they lend out a little bit more for an asset that's worth that much. Yeah. So you're kind of, you know, it doesn't, to me, it, it sounds like what you're doing is putting, you know, monetizing or turning turning that asset into a cat, into money. So then you can do whatever you want with that, you know, you know like when I saw, you know, because, when I, you know, when I buy a house, I take out the loan. They, they make the loan. They create this cash. Well, that cash ends up in the seller's hands, right. who can go out and buy. He can take that, take that money and buy another piece of property, or put that money in the bank, or do something with that. The money, money really hasn't been created because you've got an asset behind those dollars. Well, it's 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 like yeah, because it's like that the bank has uh, you know a hundred dollars in in you know in deposit or money. They, they can kind of they can lend out like a, a lot. Like they could like lend out like say like a thousand dollars, let's right. say on that on that hundred dollars, right? So so they lend you the thousand dollars to buy your house, and then you know so you give the thousand dollars to the previous homeowner and let's say he puts it in the bank and then that bank now has a thousand dollars and then they can lend out ten thousand dollars so right so so you know money does get you know you know sort of you know it's like acceleration the economists have a certain term for it like acceleration yeah. or something but yeah. yeah but but ultimately it's it's like it's like um you know it's like well you know, if you and I both want mortgages, and the bank can only lend, you know, if the bank is hundred dollars, can only lend out a hundred dollars, then, then, you know, then the bank is going to say, "Sorry, Carl, you can't have a loan. We're going to give it to Mike." And by the way, Mike, you know, there's also fourteen other people that want that hundred dollars, so we're going to charge you, you know, twenty five percent interest, right? Right, right. <laughs> people don't sort of understand that. That's that's. That's the other side of the equation. That, yes, yes. You know, that, that it's going to be very hard to get a loan. It's going to be at a really high interest rate. Yeah. So, yeah, and you know, and Jones, he's you know, he's, and he's always critical of the Federal Reserve, and you know, he, and actually, I want to say on the the January first uh, episode, I, I had started listening to it just to see what he was talking about, and he's he's going to get. Um, uh, Ron Paul, uh, he had Ron Paul and Great. Jesse Ventura. <laughs> They'll tell it to you straight. Yeah, yeah. And, because um, like Ron Paul, he's, uh, I hope people realize, you know, Ron Paul is, he's, he caters to, you know, the Jones crowd. And I don't, some of the stuff he wants to do, I, I think, is a very bad idea, and he wa- he wants to audit the, the Federal Reserve. Well, the, 
they're supposed to, I think there's supposed to be some kind of uh, communication from the Federal Reserve to Treasury. And actually, um, there is actually a, a meeting. Uh, there's actually a standing meeting between, um, you know, the whoever's in charge of the Federal Reserve and Treasury. They they actually have a breakfast and they okay. discuss they discuss policy every morning. So it's not like you know total you know, but he wants to open up everything and that that could be a very bad thing I think, especially when you've got uh, some uh, some uh, unscrupulous investing types who they're going to look at they're going to look at that report and says, oh we can do this or we can you know we we can we, they can figure out the next derivative that they can blow the, the economy up on yeah. you know you know that I mean the Federal Reserve they they keep quiet because they don't want you know people reacting to exactly right. Yeah, which which then is just interpreted as like nefarious secrecy, right? Or right, yeah, or else, or yeah, or or, or Ron Paul kind of wants, you know, like, you know, the the, the federal government, you know, like the Congress to sort of just control the money supply directly, which is right. which is like, you know, the re- the reason the Fed was created as an independent, you know, body is that because you know that politicians are just going to be like. You want money? Here's money. Take money. Here's some yeah. more money, right? Yeah. You know? <laughs> oh yeah. Get some reelected. <laughs> right. Right. You know they. You know, I mean the, I mean the biggest states, uh, California, New York. They're, you know, oh, you need a cash infusion? No problem. Exactly. Well, yeah. You know, you know, type of thing. I, I was going to say, unfortunately, in this day and age, it's also it's very hard to then argue that you know, therefore. You know, you give it to banks, and then you know banks have the you know the downside risk of going out of business if they make bad loans. Which, which you know, turned out that wasn't really true. That banks weren't really going. Oh, if we make these bad loans, that you know we'll all be out of business. That right. that the banks sort of realized <laughs> we're too big to fail. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know, that was kind of like yeah. And they were and they were insured. I mean, yeah. everything was insured. Uh, AIG had uh, had us covered. You know, we can make these loans. If they go bad, no problem. If you know, and uh, not realizing, of course, what they didn't realize was that well, houses you know went down in value. They didn't go up like they were supposed to, and that's what killed everything. You know, threw everything into it into the tailspin, and then and then everyone realized, wait a minute, I don't, I can't cover this. You know, this bank's going to lose this much. This I can't cover that. I mean, yeah, no, yeah. There's this yeah. big, big cascade effect and stuff. Right, right. Yeah. And yeah, so then uh, let's see the social upheavals. Actually, this, this was I took this from a, the some predictions off of uh, okay. Infowars. Of course, uh, yeah, the social upheavals, meltdowns in Greece, Ireland, Portugal, and soon to come Italy, Spain, and others triggered violent social uprisings, even in the U.S. and U.K. Uh, you see my note there about yeah, the Occupy yeah. and stuff like, you know, I mean, there's, but, uh, you know, it's this kind of stuff that, you know, uh, it, I don't think, you know, I don't think uh, any of these, you know, Anyone within that, uh, you know, the Jones uh, Patriot movement type. I mean, you know, they, they. I don't think they truly understand, uh, you know, 
you know, this kind of stuff. I mean, what are people? They don't understand what people are thinking. I mean, right, right, yeah. You know, uh, I want because I want to say, you know, and you know, in this in the conspiracy world, I mean, you know, I was there's we got what, 330 million Americans. Uh, I would say maybe only like one percent are even concerned about what or concerned about what Alex Jones says. You know, right, right. Yes. You know, we, you know, it's just you know, it, it, you know, because yeah, even the like some of the protests. You know, there's not a lot of people go to those things. I mean, I mean, you know, the big ones have been this 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 uh, you know the Occupy movement and uh, yeah. With the whole Occupy movement, I'm kind of like, I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm, yeah, I'm sympathetic to the idea that yes, okay, government, American government specifically, probably Canadian government too, that that that, that they seem to be a lot of times governments for the corporations and not not really sort of being government, you know. So it's like, okay, do we, you know, do we extend copyrights and give, you know, Disney, you know, another, you know, 50 years in Mickey Mouse, or do we, do we, you know, or do we sort of side with like, you know, the the greater public, and they and they always sort of, you know, fall on the side of the corporations. You know, I think that's great, but then when you when you look at say like, you know, like voter turnouts, you know, and and you know, you know, you know, 50 percent of people are voting in an American. Election, or you, you know, when you look at begin to look at state elections or civic elections, it, it's 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 a minority of people that are are voting for these things. That that it's like you know, instead of occupying Wall Street, you, you should be occupying the ballot box, or you know, or you know, because um, because politicians are for, well, first politicians are going to look at well, who's donating to us, right? And they're going to go, okay, we gotta we need money to get elected, and then we need voters to get elected. So in kind of that order, but at the same time, you may think, okay, some you know some kid who's just graduated from university doesn't have the big bucks to donate to political parties, but at the same time, political parties need need. Volunteer labor to get their candidates elected. They need people working phone banks. They need people, you know, driving people to polls. And and so you know, so you should instead of occupying Wall Street, you should be first occupying the ballot box. You should be occupying the volunteer desk of your local candidate, who you know, a Green Party or whoever supports your view. You know, that's the way you affect change, not not blocking a street for right. rush hour. You know? Right. Yeah. Well. Um, yeah, uh, and, you know, really, uh, I mean, I was looking at some numbers a while ago on just my county, mm-hmm. you know, uh, roughly only, yeah, if I, let's see if I have my number, uh, yeah, roughly about 20% of our, of our registered voters vote in this county, uh, during any, pretty much any election. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And they don't realize that they're. Um, I don't think the people understand, and I don't think they understand government enough. Where you know these are guys that are, you know, they're they're passing laws that'll that may affect you. Mm-hmm. They're they're passing taxes or raising, lowering, whatever, you know, taxes, which is going to affect you in one way or another. So. Why not? Why aren't you not out there voting for who you you think you know would do the best? You know, exactly. who will you know who 
who who will dip into your either will dip into your pocket or yeah. or tax get appropriate tax. It's like our, our schools are pretty much underfunded. Yeah. Um, who, who votes for their school board, right? Right. And you know, education is the driving force of a good economy, right? A well-educated, properly educated, you know, uh, populace is leads yeah. to a strong economy. Right. And then the other benefits actually is it raises uh, property values. I mean, if you have a that's good, true too. Yeah. You know, if you got a good school in your district, because uh, you know, you uh, you know. People wanting to move in there, yeah, property right, values right. go up. Yeah. I mean, because I live uh, where, like where I live, uh, just to the north, there's uh, Naperville, and it's 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 one of those real expensive, uh, you know, like uh, uh, let's see, I think they like they start at like four hundred thousand a year or four thousand four hundred thousand a home, you know, yeah, yeah. where my house is like two hundred thousand, okay. you know, so. You know, pretty, and, but they have a they have a, a decent they have a real good school district. They've got co- a college in the town, uh, stuff like that. So, you know, people are moving people, and people want to move to you know Naperville. They want that address, you know. So yeah, you're you know where where I live, yeah, we've got a, a fairly decent, a fairly decent school. Uh, actually, you know, but it was funny, you know. It, yeah, this, I mean this, the cost of the schools have been going up, but we've got an older an older um, demographic here in this town who don't they don't have kids in school, so they don't right. want to they don't want to pay. Yeah, yeah. So uh, hmm. you know, it, so I you know when the, when the school asked for more money, people voted down, and uh, yeah, yeah. You know, it, it's kind of sad. I mean, I'm kind of like a fifty fifty. You know, it's like okay. This year, I really don't want to. I don't like now. I would. I wouldn't vote to raise my taxes, but I've done it before. I have voted to, right, right. you know, to get the schools money. So that's the thing too. It's like uh, it's like you know, like when you have let's say if you have like a like a twenty percent voter turnout, then you know. So if I'm a politician, you know, first that signals to me, okay, well. People don't care about democracy. Why should I care? And then I know, okay, I'm going to be elected by a minority of minorities. So therefore, I just, I, I just got to get my special interest to the ballot box, and I'm going to win, right? I'm not going to care about anybody else as long as I get my, you know, my angry white men. I get them to the ballot box, right? I got the election, right? Right. I mean, and actually, it's kind of, it's kind of weird, you know. Like I, I, I've talked to a couple, you know, I've heard, I've overheard a few people talking about, well, I won't vote. For I only vote in the presidential elections. I only vote then. It's like, dude, and you're complaining about you know your taxes, you know potholes on your street, right? Yeah, so. that's, that's the other too. It's like it's like civic elections are always like the worst voter turnouts ever. Yeah. And but you know, think about your your just your day to day. You know, like getting from you know from home to work you know that is that is the biggest thing that contributes to your happiness that that daily commute and 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 that's controlled by your civic politician your local politician you know that he can go I'm going to make an express bus that goes right by Carl's work and that improves my life considerably or it's like I'm going to put a stop light at the end of Carl's street so he can make a left-hand turn no problem, and that just makes my life wonderful, right? And these are the things that really the civic politician has the huge control of our day-to-day happiness, and it's the one level of politics almost everybody ignores. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I want to say because uh, 
Well, like my my commute. I mean, I you know I take a yeah a city or a city street to a state a state run street to an interstate across a toll road <laughs> or through or along a toll road and then a state county then uh, a city. You know, you're hitting them all. I, I'm pretty much hitting them all, and you know, it's like, uh, you know, they, they're raising the tolls on the Illinois tollways. Uh, fortunately, I got the iPass, so it's like I, I pay half of what okay. someone without an iPass. So if you're ever in Chicago, you need to get use the toll roads. I'll, I'll happily drive you around, <laughs> save, save you some bucks. Okay, cool. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, and of course. Oh, I wonder if I should go into another story because <laughs> uh, it's get, it's getting on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just I mean we got one trustee who doesn't seem to understand that you dig up a road, it's going to cost you so much. You dig it up again a year later, it's going to cost so much. But if you put in the, what you want to put in instead of waiting a year to put it in. You know, you could save all. You know, you could save taxpayers a lot of money, but he doesn't seem to understand that. So I, actually, I was at a, uh, at a, I was actually at a board meeting. That's that's another thing. Very few people show up to these board meetings, and they're they're all in, here in the states. I mean, they're mostly open. I, mean, I want to say they're all open. Any any time there's, you know, an elected uh, body that is meeting for, to discuss business, there there's a, uh, you know, you are. Supposed to accommodate people, you know. So I've been at a village board meeting. I I was almost tempted to go to a, a library board meeting, but uh, I didn't. Unfortunately, there's a there was a little conflict of interest. I didn't want to stir things up too much on that one, but yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, and I actually spoke up and I said, you know, you know, I'm you know this was. This was for our, our village center. They were voting to to start building it, and the one trustee, you know, he, that situation I talked about before, and I was just like, "Are you nuts?" <laughs> I mean, I told the guy, "You nuts? We're gonna you're gonna make us pay double. It's gonna be cheaper to do the plan that's right here versus your plan that you." Sh-. And he was on he was on the board on the committee to come up with the with the city center. He could have. He could have done something at before it got to to the to the board meeting, and he didn't. And I'm like, you know, it's like, dude, are you? I mean, I wanted to call. I actually, I, I was being nice, but I I really want to say, God, dude, are you stupid? You, want, you know, you you're, 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 you're you know, you don't want to put in a million. Do- you know, it was going to be a million dollars to the to the because uh, it had to do with the water main. There was an existing. They were going to do one thing. And then tear it out and put something up, you know, a bigger one in. Whereas the developer was going to put in that that main at a, you know, and charge the village a, like half of what it would have cost. And it actually was going to be like almost like twice or twice less than what it would have cost the village, you know, type of thing. And you know, but I, you know, so I went, you know, and that's that's something you can do. You know, because uh, you know, there was the oh the pandemic stuff, 
And, and this is something that, uh, you know, another. This is you know, Jones. Is, yeah, the Jones. Yeah. Jones. Uh, he's very anti-vax. Yeah, he, yeah. You know, he'll always be. You know, it's it because he, you know, he he would talk about the thimerosal. He'll talk about the adjuvants. Um, all the you know all the standard rap you know that right you know and he puts on uh, you know, the Blaylock I think was his name this is a guy who isn't really a doctor okay. he, he 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 puts doctor at the beginning of his name but I you know it's, he's technically some type of a like a like a medical statistician okay or some, okay. something like that and um, you know of course. You know, then of course, yeah. Then there's yeah. There's there's mercury. There's all the you know the human fetus. There's all the you know all the bad things. And right, right. and then on top of it, that it's been all these all these these influenza. They're all they're all made in the lab anyhow. <laughs> <laughs> you know they're they're you know like you know uh, in 2009 with the the, the that outbreak uh, that pandemic. Coming out of Mexico, you know that was that was engineered. I mean, yeah, yes, exactly. You know, you know I'm arguing with this one guy, and he's he's like, you know, oh, the FDA is a servant of big pharma, and then I'm like, I'm like, well, you know, if they're the servant of big pharma, you know, it, it seems to be like, you know, the f they're 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 not getting their money's worth because the FDA fails to approve all kinds of drugs and they make them spend, you know, billions of billions of dollars on, you know, four phase approval trials and then they make them do all this, you know, post, you know, approval data collection and, 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 you know, it just sort of seems like, you know, if they were really just the servants of big pharma, like they would, you know, drug trials would be much cheaper, and they and they would approve a lot more drugs, and and, uh, and 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 he never really has a good argument for that. He just sort of just he he decides just to call me a troll. You're just a troll, right? And it's like, well, you, you know, you, you know, ignoring that, like this, how come you don't address this sort of counterfactual, like like. <laughs> Yeah. You know? Well, the drugs they have approved have killed people, and it's like, well, well, which ones? <laughs> You're just a troll. Yeah, yeah. There, there was that one. Oh, I'm trying to remember, but it was like uh, Biox. Or? Oh, there was there was one. I remember this one where uh, it was actually they modeled it. Oh, they were doing. Oh God, I wish I could remember exactly because it was like, or was it when they decided to model it? They realized that the that the uh, oh the uh, the bond the chemical bond it would it actually worked really nice to kill like I wonder if it had. Oh, I wish I, God, I wish I could remember that one because it was actually kind of neat because they didn't. You know, it was uh, it was one of the you know it, it was actually it was just these really rare occasions where it would cause I mean it actually caused death I mean people were dying from this you know it was like and again it was like but it was it was kind of, I guess the numbers were a little higher than normal you know um, like uh, I mean I, was, was, I don't know what the numbers are for like vaccines you know it's like one trillionth uh, one you know one 
one point or zero point, you know, a couple thousand zeros, you know, and one percent chance of death from a vaccine, you know, type of thing. But this was this was kind of high, and they started looking at it, and then they didn't realize they weren't looking at it in three D. You know, because when you know, I mean, if you've ever seen a, I mean, I've seen these, uh, you know, what is it, those diagrams where they show the, you know, the organic, uh, you know, the organic uh, makeup of uh, a chemical. Well, they didn't realize it was like a three D. In, they were only looking at it in two D, not three oh, okay. D. Okay. And apparently, like, like kind of, con, they were like the con, the con you right? Know, you know, con. He's, his his you know his starship piloting represents two D thinking. Right. Yeah. yeah, they weren't. Yeah. Yes, yes. So they didn't realize like two of the molecules actually would bind up with a some with an enzyme or something like that, okay. which which caused like a cascading effect and like did nerve damage or something okay. like that. So uh, you know, yeah, there's 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 those cases, but you know, uh, I mean, but we're, you know, when with like the vaccines, you know, it's like. You know, other than Gillian Gillian Bray, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Other than that, which seems to be, you know, which is which is a real real thing. It is a, you know, it's caused by the, but it's again, I think, you know, like if you go on VARS and try to, you know, I'm, I mean, I'm going, I, I tried to go through there and find Gillian Bray's mm-hmm. VARS on, you know, for whatever, you know, and it's hardly coming up, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've been watching the Gardasil, uh, you know, that, that that whole because that seems to be. It may be that the vaccines are getting off easy because of the, you know, now they they may be wanting to focus on Gardasil. That, but even that, you know, it's like ten ten million doses and with a possibility of ten ten adverse effects, you know, um, and even that, you know. Oh yeah, and, and the funny thing is that they, when you read the art, like some of these articles, the VARS database seems to be like the the get all catch all. You know, it's like, oh yeah, that you know, if, if it if that person, you know, it, it's the uh, what is um, oh, I'm trying to think now uh, uh, causation. Uh, Post hoc or go propter hoc or causation's not. Or, uh, oh, uh, Chrislip, Doctor Chrislip always says that. Uh, uh, sorry, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm drawing a blank. Uh, uh, oh God! But, like the two two things associated don't cause, necessarily apply causation, right? Uh, yeah. Or he always has that good line too about uh, 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 you know uh, you know the, the plural of anecdotes is not data. Right. It's like I was like that way. The plural of anecdotes is not yeah. data. Yeah. Which I can remember. Yeah. The correlation yeah. is not correlation causation. is not causation. Yeah, that's it. And uh, uh, yeah, and so yeah, they but they've used this you know. They've used the VARs as okay. There's been ten deaths. Okay, yeah. There's, so there's ten deaths. Well, there's no no proof, you know, because when it, when things go into the VARs, it's like, you know, okay. There's 
I gave her the, or I gave this kid uh, this vaccine, and this is what happened. You know, you know, they, she died 15 days later, mm-hmm. two days later, whatever, whatever the situation. So there's right. no, you know, it could have been a heart attack. It could have been, you know, you know, whatever else. You know, no, no connection. Mm-hmm. I mean, they'd have to, you know, do whatever, whatever they do to, you know, figure out autopsies or whatever, do whatever they got to do to, fi- you know, to confirm it. But bars is not a, yeah, you took this vaccine, you got this, you know, this reaction. And um, actually even, because even the labels, you know, it'll tell you what, rea- you know, you know when they tell you the, uh, uh, the side effects. I mean, because someone during the, during the study had, you know, had, you know, red spot at the injection site, or they had a, 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 you know, a fever or something like that afterwards, you know, and they got to report that. I mean, they got to put that on the paper. You know, that's, the FDA requires them to do that. You know, if that, if that appeared in the study, it's got to go in there. Yeah. Um, so people don't really understand, well, maybe, I mean, it could be the vaccine. It could have been, you know, unsterile needle, you know, or, you know, something, you know, something like, you know, Something like that. So, uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I've, I've seen sort of active anti-vaccine people sort of sort of citing it. So, so the, the vaccine the virus, that's what vaccine reporting something or another, right? Reporting right. system or something. Yeah, right. yeah, right. So just any t- they just report anything that happens after a vaccination is, is right. given, right? And so people will point to that. Well, look, this person, this was, you know, this was happened after this, and this happened after this vaccine, and it's like, yeah, 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 but like, I forget which doctor I was listening to, but he, he said, you know, like, you know, he, he was, or he, he was about to give a patient a vaccine, and the person had like a seizure in his office before he gave the person the vaccine. And he goes, I know for a fact if I gave that person that vaccine, and they had the seizure after, they would have, you know, I would be, you know, I, you know, I, they would sue me or something saying I gave them, you know, my vaccination caused the seizure, right? That, that in any large population, you're always going to get these kinds of things happening. And, right. So they, 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 I think they, they tend to collect this information, I think, just to sort of see, okay, this is the base, you know, this is the expected, you know, this is what we would expect. We would expect, you know, um, you know, a million, 24-year-olds have got the vaccine. We would expect, you know, two people to die within two months, you know, of any given day. You know, okay, we've gotten we've gotten eight people dying. So is that statistically significant? Yes, it is. Well, then, okay, now now let's let's keep a closer eye on that. That's that's sort of how the system works, I believe. Yeah, yeah, that's the whole idea. Yeah, but uh, yeah. And I guess yeah, because there's like a problem with that because uh, with the VAR system, I guess is that not every, you're not really required to to file anything with it, um, and a lot of times states or some state some states hospital whatever will use it, others don't. So it's so it's kind of you know it's one of those very you know you have, you have to question it. I mean I mean you can't deny it, but you know it's one of those it's one of those you know. Uh, I, I like to think of it as you know, like when you know, when you're trying to when you're trying to plow through a skeptical situation, you know, where you're trying to deal with the pseudoscience or whatever. I like to try to say, okay, this might this is this is good. Okay, I I mean this this might be this might be important, but you know a, a you know 
uh, a David Mabus saying, you know, that this isn't, this isn't right. Well, I, I'm, I can throw that away. That's not something. That's not viable information. And okay, well, I, I trust Carl Mamer. Okay, I could put that here. You know, and I kind of, you know, t- t- try to weigh out all this because you're going to be. I mean, everything in the even the conspiracy. You know, everything that comes out of. Jones's mouth. You got to say, okay, what's really going on here? Is he is he right? I mean, because sometimes he does, he tells the truth. Sometimes, you know, that, that that's the kind of the, the funny, you know, or the weird part. He'll take take something that is true, and but he'll bend. He has to bend it into into this, um, you know, whatever he's, you know, trying to bend it into. Well, is it a oh, is it a banking thing? Oh no, it's more like a. Uh, you know, toxic water. Okay, yeah, and then, and then let's see then what he then you know and just following this guy. Yeah, he'll he'll figure. Oh yeah, this has got to be. Yeah, let's, let's say let's say toxins in water. So he'll get he'll get one of his underlings. You know, if you notice from my you know the thing I sent you, this wasn't written by Jones. It was actually this Adrian Sel Sabucci Sabu of uh, RT. It's RussianTimes.com. And uh, what what Jones will do is get he's got oh was it uh, this guy uh, Watson he's got a couple guys and what he'll do is say hey Watson write me an article about you know toxic water okay you know about this thing so Watson writes an article and puts it on uh, uh, on this uh, uh, infowars dot com <laughs> then. If it's, you know, uh, apparently there's, and again, this is some of the things I've been following, the story gets spread out to other uh, websites, a lot of news sites, Pakistan Times. Uh, oh, yes, yes, okay. Yeah, yeah these... Uh, it, not really understanding that, right, Yeah. this is not but, a legitimate media. Right. It, it looks almost like, a, you know, like they're... Like this thing is, is looking for news stories, and oh, here's a cool story. Let's put it in and put it on the site, you know, just to to fill out a, you know, to fill up a blog or something like that. You yeah. know, they just grab these stories and pop them in, and uh, but if it happens that like a uh, now if a New York Times or a, a Chicago Tribune or what have you gets a hold of it, then Jones turns around and says, "Look, it's in the mainstream news. The Chicago Tribune published." Toxic water, mm-hmm. you know. Of course, it's his article that, or his underling wrote. And I, I found a couple of those little circular things, you know. So he, he creates his own news, mm-hmm. and uh, and that, yeah, it's actually I, I went through a couple other of his pages, uh, and found that you know everything he refers to is something that one of his people have already written, you know, or. What's already been written on Infowars, you know, quoting, quoting themselves for, you know, as being, you know, in in the article, you know, it, it like you know, to make it sound like it's truth. Oh yeah, we got footnotes on this thing. Yeah, that make that makes it real. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. All right, we should we should we should wrap it up because it's getting it's getting late. Yeah, um, yeah, I just yeah. noticed that. <laughs> You're you're in uh what do, what do you call your time zone? Not it's it's uh, central 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 right yes right you're 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 the time zone where it's like the networks just go ah screw it you just get things an hour earlier right yeah yeah pretty much, pretty much. <laughs> okay. 
What time does Letterman come on in your year? Uh, 10.30? 10.30, 10.30 11? Oh, yeah. Sweet. One, one thing I really loved about living in Korea was uh, uh, AFN, the American Forces Network. They they ran they ran Letterman and Leno. Like, I think they, they, they ran Leno at, like, 10, and then they ran Letterman at 11. And, and see, you didn't, never had to make the choice. They watched Letterman and watched Leno. They sort of ran them back to back. So that, that was pretty. That was pretty sweet. But yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, let's see. So as so we, I thought I've pretty much divined the Korean questions. Are, are, are you married? I'm single. Single. Okay. Okay. Uh, let's see. And um, uh, let's see. Okay. So what? Uh, what? If, what sci-fi uh, or fantasy armed forces would you join solely based on uh, the sartorial considerations? Coolest uniform. Okay. I have always been partial to like the early 1800 style uniforms, you know, the epaulettes, the whole yep, thing. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's cool. And... Uh, I, and I, you know, uh, in the movie Dune, uh, uh, House of Atreides. Yes, yes. I would, I would do that, dude. I would love to have the Atreides uniform. That's that. That would be me. That's a great answer. Yeah, that's true. So, like the, you know, you're talking the David Lynch. Yeah, the David oh, okay. Lynch one. Okay, because there was a was it Sci-Fi Channel. They had done a couple miniseries. Yeah, I kind of missed that. I. I'm it was. Not, it was honestly. It was good. It was it was it was pretty good. Yeah, I, I haven't had much of a chance. I, I used to read sci-fi. Oh God, it was years ago. I I kind of switched into more science sciencey books and stuff like that. So I I, I mean I read the the Tol- uh, Tolkien books, uh, the, you know the Lord of the Rings books, uh, and and actually, I mean I live uh, west of Joliet, Illinois, for. You know, it's south and west of uh, Chicago. Okay. And at the time when I was in that sci-fi reading, because I've read, I mean, the library had books like you know, like The Andromeda Strain and all all the, you know, all the kind of the older older books, but uh, not a lot to to tap into. So the only the closest bookstore was seven miles away. And trying to do that um, without a car or anything like that. There's no buses. I mean, my address used to be a rural Route Five. Okay, so <laughs> I mean, it was a gravel road, mailbox. You know, right, yeah. when I when we first moved here. Uh, so getting to a, a real bookstore was kind of tough. And eventually, once I did get a job in Wheels. Getting over to a, getting over there, I, I picked up a few kind of like pulp type sci-fi's. There was this one about the oh, what was it called? Uh, the Texas Israeli War. Uh, okay. It was like this. Uh, it was kind of a weird, weird thing. And oh, was it, oh and there was that. Uh, what's that one about? Oh, there's this one. It, it was about this world that. The Well of Souls, where it was actually a planet where when a, when these well this ancient uh, alien race would create a planet and it would use the 
the life that was growing or living on this this planet was kind of like divided up like a hexagon type thing where they would take whatever life forms out of the out of these these hexagon cute or hexagon areas to plant on these planets and then see what would evolve and you know because there was like there was a human there were there was you know and all these different uh, you know intelligent beavers there were uh, also and there were, you know type of things so it was it was kind of a weird uh, weird book I I kind of liked it but yeah, if I would have liked it more I probably remember the author's name so <laughs> but uh, you know so yeah yeah and then yeah by the time I kind of got more you know started making money you know got my first job it was my interest is kind of swayed away and got into more like gearhead stuff you know, right, right, yeah. working on cars and mm-hmm. trying to chase women yeah it's hard to you you can't sit in like a coffee shop with like uh yeah like uh any kind of science fiction book and like no woman's ever going to come up to you and go oh is that patrick tilly's amtrak war series it's you know how long has that been out of print? Never going to happen in a billion years. You know, very yeah. depressing. But if it's like, if like, if you're in like a Starbucks and there's a woman, you know, and she's like, you know, reading like, you know, the Amtrak War series or the, uh, you know, what the, the Game of Thrones or something. Like, you know, guys would be like, oh, so what do you think of the, you know, what do you think of the Red Queen or, you know, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> totally unfair. Right, right, right. <laughs> Anyway, I should I should let you go. Cause okay. Gonna, okay. All right then, Michael. Um, let's see. So your 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 website is you call it the Skeptics Guide to Conspiracy. That's what I'm trying to do. Okay. Uh, good. It, yeah. Yeah. It's it's kind of it's kind of Spartan. I've been trying to pull some articles together. Uh, just get my trying to get my thoughts on paper. I mean, okay. it's you know type of thing, and so it's not it's not updated terribly regularly, but maybe with some luck I can. Make a little bit of time, and actually, I'm yeah, you know, kind of working on that one on that prediction one. So, okay, cool. All right then. Okay. Uh, so, and and you want to give the uh, the URL or the the yeah. URL as Earl. I, as we say? Yeah, it, it's Mike Bowler. M I K E B O H L E R dot net dot net, and then that's and then forward slash skeptic. Right. Skeptic, capital S, skeptic. Okay, cool. All right, then. Okay, and uh, I will have you back on in the future, and we'll, we'll sort of really delve into the uh, the Pearl Harbor, the Pearl Harbor conspiracy, right? Yes, so, yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. That'd be cool. Cool. Okay, well, yeah. all right, then have a, well, have a happy new year, Michael. Yeah, you too, and uh, we'll talk to you all later. All right, bye-bye.